Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. If we do not get a deodorant sponsor within the next two months, I might be out of a job here because just got back from Otsays a little while ago. The sun was beating down. It's not even officially summertime yet, I feel like. And uh, it was a warm one today at OTAs uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But we got some great audio coming your way. Well, we talked to Nick Foles a little bit, John Filippo. We got D.D. Westbrook. And then I had a little one-on-one with Avery Jones. And uh, it was supposed to be audio just for the show and, you know, to kind of get people excited for the defensive line. But I had other... Um, priorities as some of you may know Avery Jones owes me some money so what was supposed to be just a casual one-on-one turned into uh me trying to get my money from him so uh we'll have that interview later on in the show as well and listen uh I came in here Monday and I talked I talked golf by myself um Coos helped me out a little bit Brent was running a little late he had other obligations and I came in there and I talked golf so it's only right that I get to talk hockey today and by hockey i mean breaking down the stanley cup finals and we're going to have a surprise guest um he just confirmed i'm going to release information here in a little bit i'm excited he's a big hockey fan um a lot of people are going to know who he is i think even brent knew who he was which was impressive because brent doesn't know a lot of people that i know but i think even brent knows this guy so we'll share that information too here in about an hour and uh make sure you tune into that joined by scott today who's uh on the uh, on the dl I guess he's uh, at another wedding or something like that, or I don't know if it's some, some kind of intervention for his drinking habits. But, Scott, how are we doing today? I'm living the dream, brother. And my man, Coos, he's got a social life going on. Party to him, man. <laughs> I mean, you call it a social life. You can call it an intervention. Call it what you want, but he is not here today. No, I think he's at a wedding. Um, he's got, like, I think he's like a baker's dozen of weddings going on this summer. So uh, He's a Coos- busy man. He's a popular guy. He's in demand. He's brightening Jays up, well, wherever it is that he's at. So, uh Shout out to him. Happy to have the opportunity to sit in with you guys today. No, it's great to have you here. Um, listen, we've talked about it a little bit, but I know you're a Game of Thrones junkie, and I'm not going to stop talking about it until I get everybody's opinion on the season finale. Uh, and, Scott, you're, you're one guy I want to hear your opinion on, especially because you're such a diehard fan. What were your thoughts about the Game of Thrones finale? i tell you what, man. There were an awful lot of throwbacks in the final episode. Yeah. A lot of uh, scenes that uh, were turned around. One of the things that really broke my heart, the way that the scene finally played out was the, uh, resolution between John and Danny and, uh, the way they, um, they played that scene out gave me a call back to, uh, John's relationship with Ollie back at the Night Watch. Okay. And, uh, it took my heart to a dark place, man. <laughs> see, when you got to do something terrible for a good reason. Yeah, and and see, like th- this is my issue with with everybody hating on Game of Thrones. Like you, you look at this series, and this is literally eight seasons of content. You know, where we're talking eight years of content, and a lot of people aren't gonna. Re- remember what you just said, you know, with Ollie um, for, for the Night Watch. I mean, a lot of people don't get those kind of things. and No one's going to go back and watch all eight seasons and then continue to go forward again. So I think a lot of people m- might have missed, like, some of the small nuances with that show, you know, just because it, it has been on so long now, and, and people only think about going forward. They don't remember what happened before. So 
me personally, I, I thought it was an okay season finale. You know, I saw a lot of people who had a, a little bit of beef with it. Um, I'll be the first to say I'm not real happy with the pacing on it. It seemed a little rushed, but mostly just because they didn't give us little key points of transition between here and there. Yeah. Let me know a little time passed between these moments. Let me know that there's been a little development in the situation between characters or circumstances around them. That was a little something that was missing on the um, maybe on the uh, editorial aspect of it. Sure. But uh, as far as story resolution, they did everything they needed to do. They tied up all the loose ends. Every character's got an accounting going on. I left a happy camper. Dragon spitting fire, turning up the heat, and turning up the heat today at OTAs because, Scott, I'm not sure if you've been outside in a while, man, but it, it is a scorcher out there. It makes me wonder how I ever played football in the first place here in Jacksonville. Um, and this is this is OTAs, by the way. We're not in training camp yet. Like, I understand I have to get my mind right for this. I have to increase my Pedialyte intake because I was struggling a little bit today. But I will say this. Uh, they have porta potties out there for us because that was a big, um, you know, I don't care if it's too much information or not, but it was a big concern to me, and I actually asked Brent this when I got to the OTAs today, is like, is there a porta potty available for us? No, it was no where's hello. The, just yeah. is there a por- porta potty? Yeah, it's where's the porta potty? And thankfully there was one. And is this where I call you soft again? No, it's okay. With the heat? I mean, it wasn't I, even I, hot today, Brent, man. Man, you know, well, I got done training in the morning, so you got to understand. I come from the YMCA, hitting a killer workout, as you can tell, and then I go right, ripped. Thank you. Hey, hey, let's get that on a button. <laughs> so I come to the field right after the YMCA. I'm hydrated, feeling good. And, yeah, it's not, hey, Brent, how's it going? What are we doing today? It's, where's the porta potty Can I use it? And I'm going to be honest with you. I love how I'm the sign-up guy for the porta potty well, now. Well, I just I had to know because Brent knows his stuff. And I'm going to be honest with you. The Jaguars have made a lot of upgrades in yes, that stadium, in that locker room. They upgraded the porter potties too, man. I'm not sure if you've been in there before, Brent, but I go in there and you could have honestly threw a party of three to four of your closest friends and had a good time with a DJ in the corner. It was spacious because you have to remember, I'm coming from the Jack Del Rio days. I'm coming from the old school days where we had a porter potty I could barely fit into. And imagine being fully padded. It's 100 degrees outside. You're sweating. It's hard to get your business done. I was going to say, yeah. I just go in my pants. Yeah, I walk in there, and it's like the Rolls Royce of porta potties. So the Jaguars got them made. Hey, I'm not trying to sound like I'm not, I'm not trying to say the new generation's softer. They got them made, but in terms of porta potties, man, they should be. Imagine thankful. Terrence Knighton trying to use that porta potty years ago. But that's what I'm saying. Like I used to go in there, man, and it was a struggle. It was a struggle. Well, here's the thing, man. Don't you do your best effort when you've got your best resources? That's a good point. Well, you know what, though? I'm going to be honest. I was so tall. Like, I had to sit down for everything. That's all I'm going to say. I couldn't stand up in it. And uh, and mind you, I'm sweaty and everything, so it's just a vicious mess. But shout out to the porta potties at the OTAs. That will, listen, I am uh, not, I don't have the height problem or yeah. really a, too much of a width problem. Sure. But I will say in, in Nashville, at the NFL draft, they had porta potties outside the media area on draft night. Sure. Dude, those were the smallest porta potties I've ever been in. I mean, like, you almost got claustrophobic. You were in them. Yeah. I could not, like, do the hokey pokey just to even get myself in any positioning. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do like the football wide size porta potties. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, man, four to five people, you can throw a little rave in there. It's a good, it's hey, good stuff. Hey, did you see last night on TV? We found that Oklahoma I, drill. I did see that Oklahoma drill last night. Thank you for teasing it on Twitter. I'm not going to lie. I fell asleep before it came I on. I know you don't watch that. the first time you've DVR. ever watched me on TV, probably, since we started the show. Well, I, I've watched you do basketball games for you and I. That's right. You have. Yes, I have yeah. watched that because I was listening for your, you know, your 
I guess, catchphrase that you yeah, never said. True. I, yeah. The land so, of good and plenty. The land of good and plenty did not get used. But, yeah, I, I watched it this morning, and uh, thank you for doing that. Yeah, well, like I try to tell everybody else, and I would like you to follow suit, I, I, I get paid about 25 bucks to do the UNF play-by-play. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what the heck I make an hour here. Uh, I, I do get a check now like you do. Yeah. Uh, it took a while. But, well, it took a little bit for me, but yes. But my main income is television, okay? Sure. So people watch CBS 47 and Fox 30. You included, Austin Lane. I do. You don't even have to watch. Just put it on. You okay. can fall asleep. Just okay. put it on the channel. It counts the same. Really? Yes. The okay. ratings don't know if you are actually watching, but ah, they know if it's on. Gotcha. Okay? Yeah. So you can fall asleep. You can do whatever you got to do. Go okay. play PlayStation. Go play whatever you want to. I was sleeping because it was past 11. Watch wrestling on your tablet. I was sleeping because it was past 11. Let's be serious here. But CBS 47 and Fox 30. You got to make sure it's on. Thank you. I, I love I, it, man. I, I think appreciate that help out. Yeah, I appreciate so now, it. So okay, here's a question, though. I mean, you're in the business. If I was to DVR it, does that count as a watch? Yeah, I think in our, I, I think I've learned in radio that you have to listen over 24 hours, which, by the way, a lot of people, because we give them the video platform and now mm-hmm. the podcast, I think do that. They go back. Maybe they can't listen three, four, five o'clock, but they might listen at seven or eight o'clock. We found that at least through some of what we viewed on, on our uh, Twitter and, and other things. Uh, in TV, I believe it's a 72-hour window DVRs count. Okay. So it's like you can DVR it, but don't leave it there for a week or it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, so, and again, most people don't count. There's like the TV uh, ratings thing yeah. is the most inexact science ever done. And by the way, radio probably is too. You're kind of telling but me the radio thing and it's... There are one point something million people in the Jacksonville area in our TV market. There are like 450 yeah. people that actually contribute and to I, what the ratings say, and everybody's job in this building relies on those 450 people. And I it have is, a Ben Franklin is, for all of them, Brent. I, I, I got a Ben Franklin for each and every one of them, man. Yeah. Hit up Austin Lane on Twitter, man. Oh, you can't? TV? No, you ben, can't do that. I You're not ben. supposed to know. Austin Lane on Twitter, direct message me. I think actually radio has more meters than TV. I think it's like 800. They've got a, a variety of them, and I know there's a certain way of encoding the audio. So if you're coming back and catching something like the podcast, yeah, or if you're taking, yeah, it um, counts, right? You know, if you download one of the video streams or something like that, and it's got the uh, encoded audio stream on it, we get numbers for that too. So uh, we got ways of trying to recoup that number and make it uh, make it matter. But I think in the radio thing, like if you have ear, like it has to feed the the whatever the person's wearing that is one of these volunteers to do this. And so like if you have AirPods in or something like that, then it won't count. It yeah, has there's like a, heard, a particular right? device they use, like a people meter or something like yeah. that, I think they call it. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, but isn't that insane that this day and age, like, the people in Washington, D.C. know exactly where I just drove to get my smoothie, how much I just paid for it. People in China know that I just put hazelnut and creamer in my Starbucks coffee, <laughs> yet here in the States, we rely on 450 people to grade... How many people out of a million two watch in the market? It's insane. It's, and this, it's, the, it's I don't even know. By the way, this might be illegal that I'm even like hammering well, the system. Since Sorry. it's already illegal, I mean, since we kind of going to get fired in like two and a, two hours and 
48 minutes. Since we kind of dipped our toes in the pool, might as well just jump right in. And Scott made it apparent that I can't talk about it too much, but do we have a list of these? I mean, are these just random people? Like, do you, is there a directory where we can see where they live and everything just in case we got to well, knock down some doors? Yeah, I, I'm sure there's Easy been some. You can't say I'm, that either. I'm sure there's been some illegal behavior at times. <laughs> Knock on some doors. But it's a very random thing. Hashtag yeah. hypothetical. Yeah, hypothetical. It's a very random thing. Uh, so I, your neighbor might have a meter. Mm-hmm. You just probably don't know. Mm-hmm. And so they they I'll aren't supposed out. to share too much information. I don't think. It's yeah, well, thing. I guess my neighbors are pretty secretive. I don't know what they're up to. So by, I'll have to by the way, I heard the ratings myself. are unbelievable. Not good enough yet here on ESPN 690 to get me to you have a tattoo. Oh, it's Not coming, yet, man. But maybe on the verge. I can't wait. That's <laughs> wait, good wait, news. Let's, I'm, this is the first time hearing about this. Let's go back and revisit this story we, for a second. We made a bet early on in this show that if, and this isn't like a one-time thing, but if we become the top-rated show in Jacksonville, that I will have to get a tattoo. Yep. Jacksonville, we need to make this happen. We need you guys to tune in right now. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your friends, mom, let's make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll see. We'll see if it happens. But uh, all right. Uh, hey, we got Nick Foles talk. Yeah. You've got Avery Jones. I can't wait to hear that. Oh, I know, I come man. up with D.D. Westbrook. Fantastic conversation with D.D. Westbrook. We got a lot of football stuff. So OTA number two, really kind of a breeze. It's about to get hot for these guys. Yes. I told D.D. Westbrook, I said, hey, uh, did you check the forecast out next week? I mean, it is about record highs, 98, 99, mm-hmm. 100 degree heat next week when these guys hit the field. So enjoy it today. A little breeze out there, a little cloud cover, <laughs> 83 degrees. It was not bad for the football players. Certainly wasn't bad for us. But uh, speak for what, yourself. What comes out of day two, and it's really all about Nick Foles. Nick Foles conversation coming up next here at Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Thursday, we've got a big show lined up, including a special guest to go along with a lot of football talk. And it's on the way. Now, back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and in the iHeartRadio app. Hey, welcome back on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We got a lot to talk about today. You a little nervous? Greek freak? I, I ask you that every show now. Seems to be the trend. Milwaukee, I mean, uh, let's say lost two in a row. That's a big no, one, right? Swing this game. Is, it's a swing game here. Um, yeah, I'm nervous, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm I, nervous I'm when, for you. Well, thank you, man. I, I want appreciate a shirt. it. I pre- I'll, I'll get you a shirt. I, I'm nervous from the fact that last game, Kawhi Leonard was held on 20 points, and all of a sudden the Raptors bench came to life. Um, because if the Bucks are going to win the series, it's going to be on their bench, and right now the bench isn't playing well. But guess what? They're at home. They're at Milwaukee. I do like our chances. But we shall see. That's at least Drake won't be there. We don't think. Uh, Who knows? Knowing him, I'm sure he'll somehow get tickets. Though. By the way, the bench thing's a one-off deal, so don't worry about it. The, the bench, it, the bench, all of a sudden for Toronto isn't going to go and be like this crazy. I, I appreciate this, Brent Martin, right that now. Is. That, that's trying a, to that's, a, that's like a one-off thing. Okay. You think Milwaukee's bench is better than Toronto? Oh, hands down. Well, so my point is that will play out. That's the trend. That, okay. That doesn't. That, there's no way Toronto's bench is going to outplay them. Every game of the series, yeah. I think they just had a good game. Listen, and, and that's it. And and I'm sure that he's at shoot around right now, not listening to our show. But Drew Bledsoe, Drew um, Bledsoe. I'm, I mean, sorry, Eric Bledsoe. That's how <laughs> Drew Bledsoe's out in Wazoo somewhere. Good, hey, maybe Drew Bledsoe's <laughs> listening in. But Eric Bledsoe, gonna need you to drive the lane, sir. Gonna need you to stop shooting three pointers. This is the sixth time, like this is the sixth day in a row on the show that I've told you to stop shooting three pointers. I hope he hears me, Brent. 
uh, Eric Bledsoe, hear my prayers. All right. Hey, Nick Foles. Um, man, does this guy get it or what? This That's what I came away with today. We continue to hear these things about Nick Foles. And everything points to leadership. I say it also points to maturity. It's a guy who's been through the ringer a little bit. He's good, seen the good, the bad, uh, and he's seen the really, really, really good and really the not so good. So he's seen the extremes of it, uh, but he's seen everything in the middle, too. I love – I told you for this from day one. Why do I like Nick Foles coming to Jacksonville? It's two reasons. One, it has really nothing to do with his resume. It's two reasons that I have confidence – that this was the best move for the Jaguars to be better at the spot rather than a Haskins, a Kyler Murray, or a different free agent that might have been a little cheaper. The reason being is you know what you're getting. You know what you're getting in Nick Foles. Because when you've played in the NFL now for six, seven years, you establish yourself and that's who you are. And, yeah, you can get better. You can have good seasons and bad seasons, but I think if you do your research, people know who you are. You know what you're all about. You know what you're going to get. You're not going to change personalities. You're not trying to figure out anymore, even though you're always learning. You are who you are for the most part. So I know that the Jaguars getting Nick Foles, they know what they got. They did their work. They they know his weaknesses probably. They know his strengths and relative to what they've had and what they could have got. The other part of it and the bigger part of it for me is I am so happy to have around here a 30-year-old quarterback. That is it for me. (laughs) I mean, that is really it. Let me simplify that for you folks. I like the fact that he's 30 years old. I think in the NFL, if you take most quarterbacks, and I'm saying 98% of the quarterbacks, by the age of 30, you kind of, first of all, know who they are. And Mm. secondly, they will play their best football between the ages of 28 and 35, most likely. Now, there are... There's the outliers. Listen, Tom Brady's still playing great football. Ben Roethlisberger, Philip, and, and maybe so. Maybe I should skew it. Maybe it's between 28 and 40 years old now that well, guys play their best football. But now we're seeing, too, the narrative like you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who's uh, he's, he's kind of a young buck, and he's playing out of his mind already. And right now, but okay, so here's my point on those guys. Mm-hmm. The young guys... You either find out that you do have stars. Tom Brady played okay in his early part of his career. He wasn't this, but he played okay. Russell Wilson played pretty well in his early part of his career. You know what they found? Well, he's a star. He's an elite QB. Yeah. Peyton Manning had struggles super early, but you could tell within two or three years this guy was going to be good. He's a star. So Dan Marino played well right away. He was a star. So you have those guys. But what is that? That's the top four or five quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think we all can be honest with ourselves and say, Nick Foles is in the top four, five, six quarterback in the NFL. But he can fit in that next phase. And that's what I always say. I think you need the top 12 quarterback in the NFL to be able to compete year in, year out, go to the postseason, and maybe win Super Bowls. And top 12 in the NFL gets it. Maybe you want to spread it to top 14 or 15. That's fine. But I do think that guy that's around the eighth best quarterback in the NFL, the ninth best quarterback in the NFL – He's really got a shot. And so, yes, you will have your Mahomes outliers. You'll have your Andrew Luck outliers. But I do think, for the most part, if you take guys that have careers that span, oh, 10 to 15, 16 years in the NFL, partly it's because they're backup QBs, so they've already solidified themselves as guys that can't get it done. Chad Henney's around 30 years old. He's not going to be a starter in the NFL unless somebody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's kind of what, that fill-in gap guy, because he's not going to be a top 12 guy most likely, but he can get you through a season, get you through a month, whatever. 
But if you look at the quarterbacks that now are really good in the NFL, I believe it takes you that long to figure it out. And you have to have other things go your way. But now 30 years old, 31 years old, 32, 33, 35, 36, 37. Man, if you have a skill set that's pretty good in the NFL and you think you're an above average QB, you're about to hit it. You're about to hit your prime. And if you look at Nick Foles, Nick Foles is 30 years old. He was 28 when he won a Super Bowl. So that fits in my window that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He had experienced things. He had been through the good and the bad. Uh, we, there's a lot still unwritten about Nick Foles. Can he make it through a season? Right? Yeah. Can, he, can he play a 16-game season? There's a lot that still is to be said. But my point is I love the idea that especially in this town, with this franchise, who had experienced and tinkered enough in the last 10 years with the 21-year-old quarterback, I love the fact that he's 30 years old. It's as simple as that for me. He's been through the battles. He's about to play the best football of his life, whatever that means. He's about to play the best football of his life, and that may bridge the last couple years. We might have seen it already. But I love that idea with Nick Foles, and and I think that's what's showing out on this practice field and what people are saying about him. I don't love it just for the Jaguars, but I love it for any team that invests in a 30-year-old quarterback who has gone to the Super Bowl, who has been Super Bowl MVP. Because you mentioned the outliers, right? You mentioned the Patrick Mahomes, possibly Baker Mayfield. Let's not crown him just yet. Nope. Um, let's not crown Deshaun Watson just Carson yet. Wentz, Jared Carson Goff. Wentz. But, but I think it what corrects What do those guys itself. have in common, though, with, with the outliers, Brent? They haven't won a Super Bowl quite yet. True. Okay. The guys that have won a Super Bowl, I mean, the Tom Brady, yes, he's an outlier, but he's an outlier on the other, other side of the spectrum. True. He's an older guy. You have guys like Drew Brees when he won his with uh, the New Orleans Saints. So traditionally, and not to say that Cam Newton went to the Super Bowl pretty young. He did. Didn't win it, though. Peyton Manning. You know, like those, I would rather have the experienced vet uh, on that side of the spectrum than I would have that rookie quarterback, especially the way this team is built right now, because this team is built to win right now. Absolutely. They, they can't afford to have a young guy come in, learn the system, learn his teammates, get acquainted with the NFL, and then expect to go out and win 10 games um, and try to hit the playoffs. Okay. You have a much better shot of doing that with an experienced quarterback, and that's what Nick Foles offers here. Here's the deal, and, and maybe I feel different than a lot of people. I, what's the ultimate goal? It's to win the Super Bowl. I get yes, it. Yes, sir. This franchise has been to an AFC championship game three times, never been to a Super Bowl. In my opinion, it's a twofold thing for Nick Foles. He's already proven he can win the Super Bowl, so we know he's capable. He's shown that. But I think what this organization needs is to be a perennial contender. They need to be in the postseason. And so my point with the Nick Foles discussion in the window you're talking about with this team right now, you've got to feel that this guy can get you in position to be in the postseason and put you in the dance. Because we all know it's very difficult to win a Super Bowl. We know it's tough to get to a Super Bowl. This franchise has been around for 25 years now and hasn't gotten there. So, And it's had good players, bad players, all everything in between. Bad luck, good luck, all that stuff. So it's... To me, Nick Foles, his job is to, for the next four years, give this team a chance to compete and be in the dance and have a shot at it. Be one of those 12 teams, one of the six teams in the in the AFC. And to that, I say, I don't know if this guy's going to win a Super Bowl. I really don't. But we know winning the Super Bowl is a bit of a crapshoot outside of the New England Patriots. It's a very hard thing to do. You need some luck. You need things to happen. It's tough to predict. So what I'm saying is, if this guy gets you to a Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. even gets you, let's not even talk about winning it, I think he's done his job. So You know, I think he's been worth the 
the worth the. See, a lot of people don't feel like Blake was worth the last five years. I feel differently because he got you in some way, shape, or form. We can debate how much he carried you or or was a part of it or 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 whatever. He got you to an AFC title game for this franchise, relatively speaking, is a monumental thing. So I can't sit here and say he was completely a bust and wasn't good. I think Nick Foles' job, in my opinion, is to get you to the Super Bowl and get it, and also what I just said earlier, her every year give you a chance to be in the dance, and that's his job, in my opinion. And then you hope for the best, and you hope they raise that Lombardi Trophy. So we're talking about the Super Bowl here, and and, and that's and that's peachy, you know. Then go as a Super Bowl, but you have to walk before you run. The main thing you have to do is what win your division, okay? And if you look at the division right now, when Blake Bortles at the helm. One could argue he was probably the third, if not fourth, best quarterback in the division, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you bring in Nick Foles. Immediately upgrades your team. There's not a doubt about it. I would put him at number two right now in the division. With all due respect to Andrew Luck, he's still the top dog. I think so, but, too, even though he doesn't have a Super Bowl either. Exactly. But all of a sudden, you bring the second best quarterback in the division with arguably probably the first best defense in the division. You know, That's what I'm saying. Like The steps have been taken. Now, the other side of the coin would be, well, say they didn't bring in Foles. Say they maybe brought in Haskins or, or, or another rookie quarterback to take that role. You don't know where he's going to fit. You don't know if he's the second best quarterback. So my point is the fact that the pieces are in place. You know, I mean, you did the right thing in bringing Foles here. You have the second best quarterback in the division, and we'll see how it pans out. You never know. You might even shock some people and play better than Andrew Luck. But right now, uh, the most important thing with OTAs going into the preseason is the fact that the Jaguars have the second best quarterback right now in the division, and you can't argue that. Well, I think you can't argue it. With, with Watson? People will argue with Watson. Uh, people will argue. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm not, you know, you know, know, I'm not a huge Watson guy. I'm well, not raising the Watson pom-poms, but I get your point. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I think people will argue second or third, but you can't argue the resume. And raising mm-hmm. the Lombardi, we talked about it a lot of times this week. It's the ultimate respect in the NFL. The guy's done it. The guy did it. He beat Tom Brady. He did it. So, my, my again, I was just resetting what my thoughts on Nick Foles are. And my point in saying that is, dude, this guy gets it. This guy gets it. I saw him at the Tom Coughlin J Fund. He's carrying a little Savannah down the aisle yeah. uh, in his, in really his first, like, kind of what felt like a first public introduction to Jacksonville in that room at TPC Sawgrass. And, and I'm not even saying, by the way, I'm not saying he was manipulating that situation. That was who he is. He told us that we had audio the other day about how that came together. But that's just like, man, the guy gets it. All we hear about from his teammates, and we'll hear from D.D. Westbrook. We heard from Chris Conley yesterday, uh, the other day. This guy is a great leader. This guy, he stays after practice. He's talking to the receivers. He's, he gets it. And today, what does he do? He wears a Jacksonville jumbo shrimp hat to the podium. <laughs> I mean, that's what my takeaway on Nick Foles right now, two practices in. So far, what is it, uh, some 80 days into his Jacksonville career? is the guy gets it. And honestly, ask yourself this question, Jaguars fans. And and this is not a knock on them. It's unfair to them because in a way they were so damn young, I'm not sure they could have answered this question, yes. But you didn't say that about Blake Bortles. This guy gets it. You didn't say that about Blaine Gabbert. This guy gets it. Why? Well, because they were too damn young to get it. And that's my point in the conversation. This guy understands it. He knows what it takes. And I, as I've been saying all week, it is crystal clear. This football team is Nick Foles' football team. It's nobody else's. It's in all due respect to Tom Coughlin, 
Doug Marone, Calais Campbell, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Boye, Yannick Ngakwe, anyone else. Mm-hmm. This is Nick Foles' football team here in Jacksonville, Florida, and that's a really good thing. We'll hear from Nick Foles coming up on the other side. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 continues. What's your thoughts on Nick Foles? You can always check in 904-362-9901. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30. Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Well, a home run derby trophy right behind me. Watch out now. Polish that sucker up every day. I was going to say, it's, uh, it's kind of in the way, isn't it? It's on the way at all. It's beautiful backdrop. I mean, I go defend tomorrow. <laughs> I took my first five swings. Well, actually, probably a little more than that. Uh, last night and uh, hit a few out of the small park down at Durban Crossing. Yeah. I don't know what to expect. It's debatable See, if no. I should have the righty throw or the lefty throw, Kaylee or Ty. Uh, Ty's been very good the last couple of years. Helped me win the big trophy yeah. two years ago, and I disappointed last year. I let him down. He not him. And now I'm thinking maybe Kaylee should throw a little bit too. So uh, we're working on it. We're we're there's a lot of strategy involved no, here. See, uh, with all due respect, Brent, that's not good enough. We're working on it. Isn't going to cut it. I need supreme confidence, Brent Martin, right now because you have to remember. Not only are you representing yourself right now, but you're also representing me. You're representing the ESP, ESPN 690 brand. I am. And I need you um, at, 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 at full go here. Peak okay. performance. Peak performance. That's why I have a smoothie Okay, right now. Yeah, and you'd think we'd be sponsored by them because we drink one every single day. And we do. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I'm ready to go. Are you, if though? You, because if you have really, a lot of excuses. Quite frankly, if you've seen the competition... <laughs> The ability to drink a smoothie might be enough. Okay. To be ready. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, that's I mean, all you had to say. I've been I'm better taking now. down, I mean, the big leaguer, Brett Myers, he was a pitcher, but he hit something in the big leagues. So that was the guy you were talking about yesterday. You I took him down. No, that wasn't him. Oh, okay. I took him down. Okay. I mean, there's a bunch of old guys in the media that are going to be a part of this thing. Mm-hmm. You're not we worried hope, about it. We hope they hit the ball. See, hey, do, do you we smell that for them to hit the ball? Do you smell that in here, Brent? Because I smell confidence, and that's, that's confidence. what we need right now. Now I do hear like Taven Bryan might be involved, but see, mm. you football players don't concern Care- me. Careful, you don't concern with me with what? With hand-eye coordination. How did that work for you in the golf simulator? That wasn't bad. You're different. You're a little different. What and I'm saying? not saying that because you're right here. Okay. I've seen you. Like you're a. My guess is you're a better all-around athlete than Taven Bryan. My guess is Bryan can, uh, back home in Casper, Wyoming, he can lift <laughs> hay, bales of hay yeah. and throw him a country mile. He's he's got me beat with that for he sure. He can probably uh uh, what's that called? Like rope a steer. Okay. Is that even a, a phrase? Sounds about right. Yeah. Um and. He can obviously attack wrangle a pig. offensive like line. Wrangle, wrangle a, a pig, right? Wrangle a steer might be a better. Steer. Maybe Maybe wrangle a good word. Steel. Oh, steer. Okay. Uh, but do those things that are in country songs, you know. <laughs> uh, and I kind of know. And he can obviously, you know, go toe-to-toe with offensive linemen. Yes. But I, I'm guessing now, slow pitch, beer league, softball for Taven Bryan, he might be a fit mm-hmm. if he's going to partake. 
But I'm not really concerned. Again, the hand-eye coordination no of football brand, players brand. with baseball bat and a ball, which is the hardest thing to do, by the way, is hit a baseball in sports. It's the hardest thing to do. I agree with that. Um, so... I'm just not concerned about the big bad football Brent, player. You see, and this is you speaking from a guy that's from Rhode Island. Okay, you don't understand how the Midwest boys roll. Mm. Okay, beer pitch softball. Went to college in the Midwest. I'm just saying, beer pitch softball, darts, bowling. Beat you um, in darts. That there was some more factors in play than just playing <laughs> darts. So we don't have to get into that right now. But I'm talking darts, pool, um, shuffleboard. Never take out a Midwest guy in those games. I'm telling you right now, Brent. So Cornhole. Cornhole as well. Um, and Wrangling a pig. And Wrangling a pig. So I like your confidence, but you also have to be a little careful. I think Taven Bryan might have you. I hope he does. I'm not, I'm not wishing for your demise. I'm just saying from one athlete to another and Taven Bryan. We'll I'm see. guessing, and I, I love you, Taven. I'm not trying to tear you down here. And I don't even know if you're fully participating tomorrow, but I heard there's a rumor that you might. <laughs> so uh, I gar- I bet. Taven Bryan swings and misses once in the 10 swings. Okay. And if you swing and miss, you're not winning the home run derby. It's like a rule. Like, you can't win the home run derby and swing and miss. Unless you just chase the pitch, you know I mean? And see, what makes me nervous, like, you look at J.J. Watt. Like, J.J. Watt has his home run derby every single year. He does. And he wins it every single year. But that's a softball. Yeah. Softball's bigger. Oh, wait, so this is baseball? This is baseball. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think different. it looks like it looks like a P compared to the softball so now, now. Do you so then you, you're gonna pick who's gonna throw you the ball, or do you have like a jugs machine that just shoots the balls? No, at I you? said like tie and tie. Okay. okay, Ty's the best BP pitcher in town. Just ask all the other teams to face him. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> Brent, the kid just got out of school. He's just starting his summer, and this is how he's gonna get started. With, with, with the whole with the whole city of Jacksonville knows that he's throwing BP to other teams. Man, now if Kaylee starts slinging a softball at me, I'm in trouble. Okay. Because I don't know if I'll be hitting that. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I have one more question regarding all this, and then we can move on here. But would you say it's harder to hit softball, like in fast-pitch softball, or yes. baseball? Yeah, softball. Huh? I don't know how they do it. Really? I, I mean, respect the heck out of it. I saw a video of Albert well, Pujols. Yeah. I, now, listen, guy, those guys don't have practice doing it. I, I, I think if, if you grew up hitting a fast-pitch softball, I do think that would be easier. Like if you put Albert Pujols and you said, "Okay, grow up hitting a baseball," and then or grow up hitting fast pitch softball, I think he would hit 700 in softball. Mm-hmm. But if you do a one time deal, I think hitting that softball is tough, man. Yeah. For, against somebody that's legit, like you mm-hmm. go face one of those Oklahoma or Florida pitchers, and they're going to throw a rise ball at you, a drop ball at you, a changeup at you. I don't know how they react and know what's coming. I mean, you have to guess a little bit, sure. but it's impressive. So it's no surprise. Remember, it was like Crook, right? And uh, what's her name? Jenny Finch. Yep. I think that they yeah. didn't they have a battle. They did. Yeah. I mean, that's tough. That's uh, that's really hard to do. Uh, so much for talking about Nick Foles' segment. How about we give away a four-pack to tomorrow night's uh, first pitch event uh, for walk-off charities at the baseball grounds? It starts at 6.15. Gates open at 5 o'clock. The idea, if you have a, like a Little League team or a team, bring them all out. The kids will get in for free is my understanding. Uh, I think adults are $10 a ticket mm-hmm. to get in, food and drink and all that stuff. So it's a really a fun night. And actually, what's cool about it, it's a short night. It's, it's, you're out of there by 7.30, 8 o'clock. So you get a couple hours, have some fun on a nice night at the baseball grounds, uh, watch us jokers make fools of ourselves, um, and all for a good cause, uh, help so- support baseball in town. So give us a buzz, 904-362-9901. Caller number three in honor of Babe Ruth, uh, even if he did wear 
those Yankee pinstripes. Uh, we'll we'll get a four pack to uh, the first pitch walk off charities tomorrow. We've got tickets. You'll have to pick them up uh, at the station here tomorrow before the event. Nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one. When we come back, we will get back to Nick Foles. We'll also hear from Nick Foles what he had to say in front of the media today. That's coming up next on ESPN six ninety. Hi, this is Grayson Marshall Jr., 2016 ACC legend, and you're listening to ESPN 690. What you got on the magic whiteboard? Visiting a psychic is a spoiler alert in life, <laughs> if you do believe <laughs> in really those kind is. of things. You ever been to a psychic? No. You? When I was a kid. Which, a kid? Well, I mean, yeah. It was like at a fair, you know, so like you pay five bucks, get your palm read. And uh, what did they, they say? They were spot on. Well, but, <laughs> they were spot but, on. But let's be honest, though. I mean, it's the most generic stuff. And I'm so naive. I mean, I mean I'm I'm going off like I think I had like 20 pixie sticks. You know, I'm, I have a sugar high going on right now. <laughs> I'm probably like 10 or 11 years old. And yeah, you know, like the psychic's like, ah, you know, there, there's a girl that you like, but she doesn't know. It. I'm like, what? I'm like, absolutely <laughs> nailed it. You know, it's just, just stuff like that. And she's like, you're a very active person. I'm wearing gym shorts and a tank top. <laughs> what? I am a very active person. You, you play sports? <laughs> I do play sports. So yeah, 10 year old Austin at the Rochelt Fair uh, might have got taken a little bit, but hey, at the time I was all about it. That's funny. Uh, did they say that your favorite animal is a jaguar? They did not say that, unfortunately, <laughs> Brent. They were not in depth as, as that much, but that would have been funny looking back on it. I have never done that. i uh, never really even been interested in doing that, but I guess some folks deeply believe in that, right? I feel like we should I bring think- one onto the show sometime. Use, really use our budget to well, our advantage. Yeah, 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 yeah that wise. Yeah. Let's do it. Instead, we're going to have CM Punk on a little bit we're later. We're going to have nice CM Punk on. on. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's this like dude's I said, an interesting guy. He's a very interesting cat. You know, and it's like I said in the beginning of the show, Brent, uh, no offense to the sport of golf, but Monday I had to talk about golf by myself in here. I was yeah, talking about polo sh- shirts. You did well. Brooks Kepka. I tried, man. I was yeah. really trying. Uh, so I felt like it's only right. The Stanley Cup's coming up. It is the best trophy in sports. Let's be honest there. The, there that's up for no debate. I don't know. Brooks Kepka says the Wanamaker might be. I've never heard of the Wanamaker. You want to tell that's me about PGA it? Championship. No, uh, I, I didn't see it. I'm sure it was interesting. It's actually uh, the closest thing probably resembles a Stanley it Cup. It is not a Stanley Cup. No, it's not. I'm okay. just saying it, it's Close? It maybe. Well, it's just it's kind of big like that, and like okay. you could, I think you can drink out of it. Okay, that's that's impressive. I don't know but, if he can drink out of the Wanamaker. I think he can. But I'm talking about the, the bulk. I'm talking about the girthiness of the Stanley uh, Cup. The Stanley Cup's awesome, it, man. Yeah, Stanley yeah, Cup's awesome that. because you wear white gloves everywhere to <laughs> exactly. tote it around. Exactly. So, yeah, I figured since we talked about a lot of golf this week, um, myself included, I figured I'd bring on CM Punk, man, talk some hockey, see where he's at and everything. But I'm really curious to see his uh, his Stanley Cup breakdown because I think he's might be going for the Bruins, which... That's that's not what we need. He 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 might get a block uh, after this interview. We'll oh my see. gosh! Dude, I, I don't want the. Let's hey, just accept it. Hasn't Boston won enough already? They, uh, you know, Do I talked about it earlier in the week. I said, yeah, that's fine. I don't need Boston to win again. Yeah. Uh, the CM Punk's an interesting guy now. He is. I mean, wrestling obviously. Wrestling made his name. Yes. MMA. MMA. You say huge hockey fan. Huge hockey fan. Uh, comic. Yes, yeah, so he he had his own series, Drax the Destroyer. Uh, you ever see Guardians of the Galaxy, Brent? Probably no. not. Okay, heard well, of it. He's he's the big green guy in Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. I, I know that that is. Okay, but yeah, he was uh, played by Batista, the wrestler. Oh yeah, you know him. Yeah. Yep. So he's done that. Um, he also has a horror movie coming out, so he's like a movie star now. Batista's as well. the next like a big actor, right? Coming out of wrestling. 
Yeah, he's been acting. But, um, but he's I, the I next John, guy, well, right? There's John Cena as oh, well, who's kind of pushing the well, boundaries Cena, a little bit. Of course, but yeah. I, I knew Cena, but I was thinking yeah. The Rock, Cena, and, and but, Batista. But Batista got himself attached to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so the guy's just golden right now. Everything yeah. he touches will turn to something fantastic. Yeah, that's that's, what, that's what Marvel does. So that and... And he's so, also a baseball fan a little oh, bit, too. Oh, and then I was going to say, yeah, he's Cubs like a big ball. Chicago Cubs he, fan. He's a Cubs right? fan, yeah, and you know how I feel about that. Yeah, so this is going to be fun. <laughs> we'll this see. is not just like wrestling. No, Although, no, this is... We'll see but where it goes, but, I mean, we got, you're going to wrestling all weekend. I'm going to wrestling all weekend, but I'm talking hockey today, yeah. though, because, I mean, <laughs> it's the only time we get to talk about it before the Stanley Cups starts. So. It's true, and that's on the horizon. It is. Uh, let's talk Nick Foles a little bit more. What, what, what's your sense out there from, uh, from Foles, what he's doing? Um... As the quarterback of this football team, you've been out to the, both OTAs. You're I have perfect been out to OTAs. You know what? I'm gonna be honest. I know Nick Foles is even out there because I was focusing on the defensive line a little bit too much. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, with Foles, listen, and I'm not gonna get in depth into it. I'm not gonna break any violations because. Listen, this is my first year doing this gig, and the last thing I want to do is be yeah, just a slap on the be, wrist. Well, a slap by the wrist. How how good would it look if Ossling gets banned from practices when I used to play for the team? Just don't so, mention ratings again. Okay. Hey, well, if you're we'll not getting that. suspended, are you really trying, that's man? That's a good point, man. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. So with Nick Foles, the thing that's apparent to me that I saw today is the offense. A lot of new things going on with the offense. A lot of uh, a lot of positions making catches that I haven't seen make a lot. Of. <laughs> the tight end uh, <laughs> making catches uh, that I haven't seen in a while. So, um, and but that's that's not anything new, right? I mean, we know John DeFilippo loves the tight yeah, end. We're gonna hear from John DeFilippo. He talked about it earlier today. We we know Nick Foles loves the tight end. So uh, that was refreshing to see. Yeah, you know, seeing the seeing the big men get the ball a little bit. Uh, but and listen, once again, this is OTAs, right? They're not fully padded. You, it's hard to get a gauge on the run game because you're not wearing pads. They're not going full speed up front. So as far as the run game's concerned, I mean, I don't know. Fournette was running the ball. That's all. I saw, now, the interesting you know? thing coming out of the run game is the idea that uh, De Filippo talked about. Is, who's going to be that guy out of the backfield, that third down back catching the ball? T.J. Yeldon, you know, for as much heat as he took at the end of last year and for what appears to be a bad guy in that room, to be honest with you, in mm. 2018, he was very good at his job as a third down back. He mm. was very good at pass protection. He understood the game. He knew what to do in that spot, and that is an underrated thing. Always said it about Maurice Jones-Drew. Maurice Jones-Drew is so underrated in the fact that he was very good at pass protection. Nobody ever talks about that stuff because you don't have the ball in your hand. But from a football perspective, a quarterback perspective, that guy in the backfield, that's a big, big deal. And T.J. Yeldon needed to be on the field these last couple of years because, quite frankly, Leonard Fournette either wasn't on the field or really wasn't good at that part of it from an understanding of the offense. So you have to replace that pass protection and also a guy catching it out of the backfield. He's not a burner. Yeldon wasn't. Mm-hmm. I got to run away from you. Not this scat back guy. But he was kind of cool with the ball the way he moved. You know, he could elude stuff. He was savvy, uh, had good vision, I think, at times. And, but he could, he was reliable. And there was a game last year. I don't know which one. Maybe it was the Indianapolis Colts game. I think he caught like 9, 10, 11 passes out of the backfield. I mean, that's the way this, you have to replace that. Now, you don't want 11 catchers out of the backfield because you hope your receivers are catching the damn ball. But, uh, you still have to find that. And there's not a proven commodity in their backfield from a third down back situation. So listen, I think that does, you know, as we're not watching guys run into each other, Leonard Fournette and 
and the offensive line and, and your point is right on when OTAs and mm-hmm. we don't have to wait until the heat of training camp to figure some of that out and pads go on. I do think the the finding of a third down back, a pass catcher out of the backfield, someone to spell Leonard Fournette, uh, is somewhat interesting to watch right and now. And that's exactly what I've been preaching since I said they should go after Darren Sproles, which you just laughed at me because he's 45 years old or whatever. But yeah. I truly believe... Should go back to Jim Brown, too. <laughs> but I truly believe with, with the style of offense is now in the NFL, I mean, look no further than the New Orleans Saints. Look no further than the New England Patriots who've had so much success with it. You, you need that thunder. You need that lightning. You know, not, not to say Leonard Fournette's not a three-down back because I feel like he is. I mean, he is... I think he's underrated out of the backfield. You know, I mean, he's known more as the between-the-tackles power kind of runner, but he can catch passes from the backfield. Now, is that his necessarily his forte? I don't think he specializes in that. I would rather see a smaller guy, a more shiftier guy, a change of pace guy on third down to catch those balls. But from the perspective of what they have right now on the team, I see a Thomas Rawls. You know, I see an Alfred Blue. And those two guys right there who are at the backup position, they don't really specialize a lot in catching balls out of the backfield. Yeah. So that makes me a little nervous, especially because Foles' calling card when he was having success in, in, in Philly, he had those running backs at his disposal. He had the Darren Sproles to throw to. And those can be a great safety cushion um, if things aren't going your way, especially with the new wide receiving core. Sometimes it's good to check down to either a tight end or a, or a back out of, the, out of the backfield. So if I'm looking at this offense right now, like, listen, I know tight end is kind of a work in progress. But I'm also a little nervous about the change of pace back as well. Yeah. Hey, this music will help you wrangle a steer or something. Now we're talking. Uh, a couple of news and notes real quick. Filippo was awesome on Leonard Fournette. He's like, we. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We need Leonard Fournette to be good if we're going to be good on offense mm. and available and all those things. And he loves him right now off to a good start but he did not sugarcoat that i thought that was good stuff from john d filippo we'll hear from d filippo a little bit more throughout the program also josh allen knee bruised it's not serious nothing significant but did not practice we'll talk about some of those young guys and how quick they can get acclimated but coming up next austin lane plays reporter one-on-one with avery jones tries to get his money back next on action sports jacks on espn 690 Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, welcome back here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You know, I saw Jeff Mueller out uh, at TPC Sawgrass at Tom Coughlin J Fund, uh, Ponte Vedra Golf Carts. And I said, hey, you've got to come on over listen to the show. He said, ah, okay, I'll try, try to listen. He just te- texted me or emailed me. He said, I told you I'd listen to the show, so he must be listening. So we got to give him a shout-out. But here's the thing, though. He said he's listening, but he didn't say we sounded good. He just, he just right. said, yeah, we're listening. That's fine. Okay. Like I said, it's okay. Okay. Just listen. Okay. You can yell at us if you want. Okay, I, I'm you, listening you know me, to you, man. I'm, I'm sensitive. I, I'm, Don't be so sensitive. I'm trying to be. Uh, I'm trying to put out a good. I've product. had a lot of people that said they can't stand you. Oh, I'm Mr. Mixed fine. Martial Arts Fighter. Punch me in the face. Just don't yell at me. <laughs> talk with your hands. Talk Tough on with, the outside. Talk with Fragile your emotions. Talk with your fists. Don't That's break awesome. me down mentally. <laughs> Please. <great. laughs> For my psyche. What's up, Scott? How you doing, man? 
I'm having a great day, brother. How are you guys doing this hey, afternoon? We appreciate you being here. I know, uh, I'm not sure if you put it in your contract that you'd have to fill in for coups like three times a week, but certainly it seems to work out that way. <laughs> no complaints here, man. It's a good opportunity. Uh, hey, we've got an interview with Avery Jones coming up in just a bit. Oh, yeah. But I want to stay on the Nick Foles talk and also, I uh, mentioned Josh Allen again, that right knee bruise that uh, Doug Marone came, was very, up front and said, listen, this is not a big deal. I wanted to come up. He wasn't scheduled to talk today to the media, but he said, I want to come over here just so this doesn't get blown out of proportion. And we start seeing headlines everywhere. Uh, banged up, uh, banged his knee and, and it's bruised and there's zero concern. He's probably going to sit out a couple of days, those kind of things. So you know how that works this time of year. Everybody gets carried away with it. Uh, he also signed his rookie deal today. So congratulations to Josh Allen. So he signs on the dotted line. Let me ask this question. How does it work in terms of the rules so he could practice even though his contract wasn't signed for OTAs? Yeah, you have. I, I don't know what the time frame is. I think through OTAs. And then maybe maybe it's the mandatory minicamp stuff Okay. that that you you wouldn't do. Like, definitely training camp. You wouldn't come to training camp unless you're signed. Remember, Tyson Aloualo missed the first couple of days of camp. Yep. Back in, but what happens now, oh, no. man, is everything's slotted. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't... You're going to sign. Uh, the very rare case was Joey Bosa a few years back, and that was because of some language in his contract that the San Diego Chargers at the time mm-hmm. didn't want to put in, and, that's, and, and that was more on the Chargers, from my understanding of it, than it was on Bosa. So... Uh, it very few. Th- now it's just a formality. The, uh, these used to be big news stories when guys would sign. You mm-hmm. chase it. Like I remember going to the airport for Tyson Alualu when he came in. <laughs> yeah. I do. It's like TMZ, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we played TMZ there. That's like we were reporting. Yeah. Now it's like, ah, by the way, Josh Allen signed. Yeah. It, it's just the way it is. And I mean, that's fine. Well, but you of, used to chase that story. You just don't do it anymore. Well, instead of reporting uh, TMZ style, you should have got Tyson some water, some Pedialyte, man. It's, it's going to be a rough one. Guess what? You, got Oklahoma, you get Oklahoma Joe's coming up today. Better drink up. Pickle juice, bananas. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, all the rest of them. Uh, the, I, I did want to comment on that, though, because I think I've said this many a times over the years. If, if you've listened to me talk about this time of year, I think it's a grueling process for the young guys. So to me, to see, maybe he would have, if he had sat the last four months, Josh Allen, he might still have a bruised knee. Right? Mm-hmm. Dante Fowler Jr. might have tore his ACL that first day of OTA, rookie minicamp, regardless. Mm-hmm. I get it. I am just saying, I don't think those guys are in prime shape to be going out. To, they, they've never really fully recovered from their senior football season in college for the most part, they're flying yeah. around, they're doing interviews, they're exhausted mentally, they're exhausted physically. I do like the fact that the Jaguars even moved rookie minicamp to a couple of weeks after the draft. And the rookie minicamp is now as light as it's ever been because I think people saw the Dante Fowler stuff and said, whoa, we don't want that. Gus Bradley did the next year. I don't I don't think they did like anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you, it, it's just a tough process to recover and then – Go get acclimated. And what do we say about Tyson Alawalu even in August? When you first show up, what do you want to do? You want to impress your new bosses, it's, your new teammates. It's just it's human, human nature. nature. Yeah. Drinks, so, you owe me a soda. Uh, so I thought you don't drink soda. I don't. It's just, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's a phrase Buy of speech, a coffee. friend. It's I get a, it. I don't drink coffee. Uh, but <laughs> the, I, I do think it's, I don't think we put stock into that. People are no. listening to be like, yeah, whatever, dude. I mean, they're football players. They're traveling. So, hey, you go right. fly a plane. You go fly, not fly a plane, but if you go fly, flying, like, exhausts you. Yeah. Like, it, it makes you tired. Listen, this is like, this is coming from the guy 
who, you know, I always took great pride in my training. You know, I mean, I, I, I was, you can ask anybody, and um, uh, I'm sure they'd stand by it, but I, I try to be one of the hardest workers in the weight room, one of the hardest workers on the field. And I always took great pride in my conditioning and my strength. Well, you know, coming from Murray State and getting ready, and listen, I was training the whole time back in Wisconsin as well, and getting ready to come to OTAs, you know, it's your first impression. I mean, this is coming from the guy who was taking Jack 3D in his locker, you know, <laughs> a little extra two scoops to get me set up. Um, I, t- I literally took, I mean, I was treating I was treating warm-up reps like they were the fourth and one of the Super Bowl and the game's on the line. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just... And um, that's admirable. Well, but it's also silly this time no, of year. No, it's in a absolutely way, right? stupid because, and listen, I'm not sharing anything that nobody doesn't know. I mean, at OTAs, guys aren't going 100. percent There's a there's a certain speed, yeah. especially the veterans abide by, especially in OTAs. You know, I mean, I don't want to say OTAs don't matter because they do, but you start seeing the tempo get upped a little more in training camp, and especially when preseason starts, right? But uh, as a rookie, it doesn't matter what anybody tells you, and especially a rookie that's on the outside looking in. It's one thing for Josh Allen. Or, or Quincy Williams, you know, I mean, one of those top picks to come in and, yeah, maybe they throttle down a little bit, they get used to the speed, they get acclimated. But I'm talking about if you're a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, if you're an undrafted free agent, you can't afford, uh, you can't afford to slow down. You, you have to be seen on film going 100 miles per hour every single time just to hopefully get a chance to make it. Yeah. You know, and, and when you do that, I mean, guys on the other side of the ball get hurt sometimes um, for you going so fast, but that's just... That's how fights happen. That's too. just, that's, that's exactly how fights... I guarantee guarantee if a fight happens, the first one at camp, put it down right now. I guarantee you it's a rookie going after a vet because the rookie went a little bit too hard. Yeah, and, and but the other thing that I've really come to learn in the last few years, probably more so than any, even though I've been around the NFL and covering teams for, shoot, now almost two decades, the uh, it never registered with me as much in, until this covering this team yeah. <laughs> because we've seen so many times. But just how different, like you say, OTAs where your throttle level is, camp you might ratchet it up a few days a week but maybe not even every day if you're a veteran Mm -hmm. coming out of preseason to the regular season it's a different ball game it's a different ball game and then what the next level of that is people will say that regular season going to the postseason it's a different game yeah and so there are levels of this where if you're a young guy coming in you don't really realize that you're like if i'm josh allen i'm coming into the nfl and i'm like hey Preseason game number one against the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. Here I go. Well, the intensity on that night in Baltimore in August ain't even close to what it's going to be here in Jacksonville against Kansas City on September or whatever the heck the date is. Yeah, yeah, you know, and listen, you can practice, you can scrimmage, you can have the family night, you can go through preseason, but um, there is a different speed there uh, because you have starters now you're talking about as well, but there is a different speed uh, speed from the preseason games up until that first open game of the season against the Kansas City Chiefs here in Jacksonville. And my point is that you have to learn that. I don't think I think you have to go through that. Mm-hmm. I don't think you just know that. Unless you're no. super savvy. Guys can tell you to slow down all you want. Trial but by what fire, is man. that? Trial it's, by what fire. is slowing down? You know? And I, I don't know. So, uh, again, I think it's really tough. I think once you get out of here in June, that six-week stretch for these young guys, especially a Josh Allen who's been flown all over and has gone through the combine and the workouts and the this and the that is the top ten pick, mm-hmm. and the emotional highs and lows, I, I think those six weeks are crucial. Mm-hmm. I don't. If I'm Josh Allen, I don't go on vacation. Yeah. I go dial it down. Yeah. If I go on vacation, I go to an island where nobody's going to bother me. For sure. You know, and I try to stay in shape, but I try to recover. Yeah. And that's a tough thing. That It's a long, long period from the time well, you start that, <laughs> that last year in college ball in July or August 
till you finish that rookie year in the NFL. That is and, one long season. And listen, and I know what the rookies are thinking, where it's like, all right, we did our first, first OTA. You know what? This heat's a little. This heat. I wasn't expecting this heat. I was kind of dragging a little bit. I got to up my training these next couple of weeks yeah. for training camp. I mean, that's what's going through their head True. right now. Good point. When they should be doing the opposite, you know. But I mean, that's something that comes with time, you know. I mean, you you learn how to train. Um, you learn how to take. I mean, taking care of yourself is the biggest thing as well. And that's something that I wish I would have done more, like Aaron Campman did. Yeah. You know, he was the guy that was foam rolling thirty minutes before practice. He's the guy that's in the cold tub at six o'clock in the morning, like a wild man. You know, I mean, those little things right there. They may not feel like the big things when you're a rookie, but I guarantee when you're five, six years into the game, they make all the difference. The number one cliche from a young guy a couple early years into his NFL career is, I got to learn how to take care of my body, learn how to be a pro, learn mm-hmm. how to take care of my body. That's what that means. And I get it. I, 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 I respect it. I think it's a lot harder. We don't give it a lot of time or effort because we, we, or attention because we think these guys or you guys or whatever mm-hmm. are machines. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you respect the athleticism so much that mm-hmm. you think they're machines. Yeah. And I think but you got to be careful to do that. You, you've seen it firsthand, Brent. And we don't have to name any names, but you, you've seen guys in that locker room that are hobbled around, that are that are taking pain pills, that are just trying to get through the day. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, that go through this whole routine, this whole pre one hour routine of getting warmed up just to make it through a practice. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, that's, the back end of the car is a totally different story. Well, exactly. <laughs> that, and then that's very common, but that's something that the cameras and guess, I mean, with the NFL, I mean, there's all access everywhere. But the one thing you don't really see all the time is how much guys are hurting during the season. Hey, Scott, let's get in uh, more from Nick Foles. I promised we'd hear from him. Let's do it right now. Uh, Nick Foles talking about gaining the trust of this football team. And, and boy, is he doing it or what? I mean, it really feels like he's accomplishing what he wants to accomplish to this point. Long way to go. But Nick Foles today talking about uh, earning the trust of his teammates. You know what? I've never been uh, a believer in you know, saying you're number one or number two or number three. Um, the big thing is if that's going to affect your personality and who you are, you know, there's probably something like internal that you got to deal with. And that's just the real thing. I mean, most people, that's the situation. Uh, for me, I want to be the same person if I'm the number three. I want to be the same person if I'm the number one. Um, even if you come in here and you're the so-called starter, like you still have to earn the guy's trust. Um, and that starts with being here, getting to know him, working with him, and going in on this practice field and in the weight room, in the meeting rooms, day in and day out, and getting known to where you can build that, you know, that love and that brotherhood in there. So, um, you know, it, it's the same no matter what. It was the same when I went into Kansas City as a backup. It was the same when I came here as a starter. It's just, you know, get to know my teammates, build those relationships so we can go out there and, you know, it's a brotherhood. Yeah, easier said than done to do that, but I love I, – I didn't catch that from Nick Foles because I came in a couple minutes late. So I love that he brought that up in that way. Like, I don't care if you're uh, you're labeled the first wide receiver, second wide receiver, third wide receiver. And I'm a big believer in that in, in the business world, mm-hmm. like in our in our in our office. Like we every, people get labeled like, well, you're the main guy. You're the second guy. You're the this guy. Ah, are we all the same team? You know, everybody can do everything. I mean, if you want to look at it that way, but internally, I think it's best if you don't look at it that way. And especially if you're the quarterback of the football team, because I don't know if I want to play favorites. I want to go to the guy who's open, right? Mm -hmm. I don't care if Marquise Lee's supposed to be the number one guy or Chris Conley's supposed to be the number three guy. And on this team, it's a little easier because if you have Odell Beckham Jr., you have to feed Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, it's a necessity. And and that's kind of the double standard, right? Like you said, everyone's equal on the team. Well, 
May, especially the quarterback, Brem, because yeah. it, it goes both ways, though. Because look, look at it like this. If we saw Nick Foles at the beach bars right now, say we go out for the weekend, we see Foles drinking some beers at the bar, we're all going to think, oh, man, what is this guy doing? Like, he shouldn't be out here. He should be in the playbook. Like, what's going on, right? But if we see anybody Has else. Has that happened in the past? Yeah, but I'm saying if we see. <laughs> but listen, but if we see anybody else out there, Brent, if we see anybody else having a beer or just, True. you know, relaxing. Austin Lane. If you see me out, well, not anymore. But I'll I'm be saying, like, damn it, he's not ready for show prep yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. But if you see any other starter out there, people are going to be like, ah, oh, yeah, he's just, you know, camps over. They're having a good time. So there is a double standard, but it works both ways. Nick Foles has the say of who, who the ball is going to. He has the experience. So from that perspective, yeah, there's a double standard. But guess what? It goes both ways. Hey, uh, we talked earlier about the tight end position. Let's get Nick Foles' thoughts on the tight end position because he loves the tight end. Obviously, John Filippo loves the tight end. And we are fascinated. At least I am. I'm going to say we. I think a lot of people listen. A lot of people that follow the Jags are really fascinated, not only with Josh Oliver, but more so with what Filippo does with this tight end group. I think it's a very average tight end group at the moment on paper. And I hope to be pleasantly surprised. Nick Foles talking about the tight ends. You know, it's a really good tight end group. Um, you know, Josh is doing a great job. I mean, your rookie year, it's uh, there's a lot thrown at you, especially when you're drafting. You come in here, but one thing I told him, just take it one day at a time. Um, it's a great uh, tight end room that you know you can tell they're all real tight, and they're doing a great job out here. So there's Nick Foles talking about the tight ends. It'll be fun to watch, really, what John Filippo does with that group and why he's so good at it. And can Nick Foles find the guy? I do think, uh, I'll say this, I think we can get away with saying this. Uh, Josh Oliver made a couple nice, but it looked like he had a couple nice plays today. A couple nice yeah, catches. I'll uh, tell you what, I mean, we don't do fantasy football yet, but Josh Oliver might be on my fantasy oh, radar here we go. going forward. <laughs> Brent, what can Over I say? The OTA. Well, what can I say, man? I'm not saying I'm going to play in the first preseason game in my FanDuel account uh, because I have, a, I have a problem. That's a cry for help. But I'm just saying I might be playing Josh Oliver first game of the season, uh, preseason game in FanDuel. Yeah, I don't know about that. But <laughs> I'm he, just kidding. He, uh, it, I think he's going to be fun to watch. And, and don't sleep on the other guys, Swaim and, and everyone else. And uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting, Filippo did say today, is there's a really good chance that that fullback or that usage of a fullback type will come from the tight end group. And, and, and that's kind of the trend that's these days, become right? trendy. And Ben Koyak has played that role before. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, in terms of the tight end and the fullback. The fullback is such an old school way of thinking, even so old school that it's probably past my old school point where I don't even support the, the fullback really anymore. Uh, He's putting people out of jobs, man. Well, hey, I'm just telling it like it is, man. But like the, the, the beauty, though, and nothing against fullbacks. Like some of my best friends on the teams were fullbacks, and yes, they do serve a purpose, especially in that goal line situation. But the beauty of, about putting a tight end back there is the fact that you can run a lot more gadgets with them. Watch Travis Kelsey one time. Uh, I mean, we're gonna see him week one here in Jacksonville. The Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, he, he split out wide, he's on the line, but he has, he's also at fullback a lot, and they do a lot of gadgets with him. And I feel like if you have an athletic tight end, <coughs> Josh Oliver, I feel like you can start running some gadgets with that stuff as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. All right, uh, hey, we're going to keep it here, Scott, and uh, we're going to catch up with Avery Jones now. How fun was this for you to, to, well, to so, see Avery? Yeah. Longest-tenured Jacksonville Jaguar. Longest-tenured Jacksonville Jaguar. Uh, let me set the scene a little bit. So with Avery, listen, this is my first radio interview uh, from the Jaguars, and I wanted someone that I knew, you know, someone that I spent time playing with. And Avery is the only guy left um, that I, I shared a locker room with back in 2013. So it's crazy about just the turnover that has g- gone through this franchise. And uh, to set it up a little bit more, too,
to me and Avery used to train together um, at, a, at a gym here in Jacksonville, and I was doing a promotional video thing for Asics shoes. Now, go figure, Asics uh, being involved in football. I was going to say, um, what do you do? Play tennis? And no, it, it was for it was for training. Uh, but it was back when I was playing for the Bears, and Asics was there recording a video for me. It was a cool video. I got free Asics. I was going to say free shoes. Like how many? Uh, I got about three pairs. All right. Ask me how, how many of those I've worn. None? Nada. Can I? What size are you? 15, man. Can't, Maybe I fit uh, both my feet you, in? Uh, you can't fit in these shoes, Could I Brent? stuff some socks you in there? You can't fit in these shoes, sir. But, like, uh, that sucks. Like, you can't even give away your shoes. Like, who else wears 15 shoes? Athletes. So, uh, so we're training or whatever, and the, mm. the cameras are there. And I was doing broad jumps. You know what broad jumps are, right? I do. Yeah, we see them at the combine all the time. I've done them. Yeah, so I bet Avery, and this is on camera, so we have footage. We have proof here i bet Avery that i couldn't that i could jump 10 yards in three broad jumps and he's like all right I, I, i'll go and take that bet. that's 30 feet people yep uh i'll take that bet and i did it and uh at the end of this interview i bring it up with him as well how you doing man doing great how about you doing fantastic listen uh i appreciate you because you're my first interview i've ever done with the jaguars so uh, you should feel honored yeah i do feel honored you know <laughs> Don't get cocky because literally the only guy left from when I who I played with. So oh yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> so from that perspective, though, I got to ask you. I mean, you are the longest tenured Jaguar here now. I mean, do you consider yourself kind of a leader just in that aspect of being here the longest and seeing all the changes? Uh, yeah. I mean, definitely. Uh, we got great vocal leaders, but I see myself as a more of an example leader. You know, like he was here with how Buzz was. So I just try to you know tell guys what's needed to you know make it far in the league and just you know tell everybody how to do their job. So. I'm happy. Uh, I'm glad to continue to be the oldest guy here to keep leading. So, to take us through the off-season workouts, because I think of a nose tackle, and that's what you really, uh, you really established yourself in the team right now as a nose tackle. I mean, I think of a lot of footwork. I think of hand speed, hand balance. Are those things that you address during the off-season? Oh yeah, always. Uh, for me, most important is footwork. So I think, you know, when you're so close to the ball, everything's so much faster. So I just always try to have my footwork on point and work on my hands to make sure I don't, you know, misplace them and I get caught behind the block. So now let's not get it twisted, though. You're a nose tackle, but you're also a pass rusher. I've seen you pass rush a couple times out there. So do you address that as well, or is it more just work on your techniques? Well, I mean, I always call myself a pass rusher. We have some great guys come through, so my talents haven't been needed. But uh, I think... You know, as you called yourself, Earl Jack is all trade. That's how I see myself on his defensive line. So wherever they really need me, I know they can plug me in and I'm ready to go. You, you got two guys next to you. You got Marcel Darius. You got you got Clayus Campbell. I mean, but I mean, from, from, from the standpoint of just the way they play, being constant professionals, what have you taken and what have you learned from them? Um... I just tell you this, every day is a self-improvement day. Yeah. You know, it's not just practice, it's trying to get better to perfect your craft. And just being around them is always a daily talk about football. I mean, we're on the field, we're talking football, we can talk about other stuff when we outside of practice and things like that. So they just give me a different mentality and, you know, really show me how to attack the day, you know, as I get up there in age. So you said it, you're, you're the longest tenured Jaguar here right now. Um, you've seen a lot of people come, a lot of people go. One of those guys that has come in is Tom Coffin, obviously, and he's really changed the culture of the team right away. Another guy is Dom Capers, the guy who's been in the league for a while now um, regarding defense. Have you, and I get it, it's only OTAs, but have you kind of felt, um, has he affected the culture anyway right now on the defense? Has he changed his schemes a little bit? I mean, has he kind of left a fingerprint or is it still too early to tell? I talk with him, but you know, as far as a defense standpoint, talk about scheme of things, I can definitely see it with the coaches, the different approach, the different type of language we bring and the different type of how we're attacking offenses and how 
now we learn how the uh, offenses are attacking us. So he's definitely bringing a whole new uh, new view. So I got asked. It's my first year covering you guys at sidelines. I'm sweating right now. You're a big dude. Heat and big dudes don't mix that well. Never. So are we talking Pedialyte? Are we talking Gatorade with electrolytes? Or just something new out there that I should probably know about so I, so I can think of myself? Uh, nah, right now it's really water. Okay. You know, OTAs, you know, besides the practice, the heat, I don't want to drink too much sugar. It's 16, so I try to stick to mostly water. But I think uh, we got these little gator-like things now, so you put those in there. But those are sometimes a little bit too salty. But you know, try to stay up on the water. Can you talk about Yannick Ngakwe quick, a guy who's due for another contract, but showed up with this team, um, showed up with the guys for OTAs and everything. Um, from from a leadership standpoint, how much does that mean to you to see him out there leading the drills and everything, being kind of that vocal leader? Uh, it means a lot, but I mean, it really just shows that Jan is still being Jan. I mean, ever since he got here, he's always been a passionate person that's all about ball. And then, you know, when he left, no one took it personal. We know he wanted to do some type, different types of things, training. And we knew when OTAs came around the mini camp, he wasn't going to slack. He wasn't going to give the excuse. He was going to be here and do his job as a motion leader on his team. Last question for you quick. So you're entering your seventh NFL season right now. You're an undrafted free agent. I mean, you've... You know, you've, you've accomplished more than a lot of players can say. Yeah. Um, that's something to be proud of. You still owe me some money because you bet me that I couldn't broad jump three jumps 10 yards. Uh, and I had that on camera when the A6 people were shooting there. So I guess the question I have for you to finish up this interview is where's my money? I don't have money out here. Oh, oh, no, I understand that. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying I accept PayPal and I accept all of everything. I have Bimo too. So. Well, you, you know, talk to Skip and Skip will talk to me. Okay, we'll set it up, man, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'll make sure to tell Skip not to let you in the door next time. <laughs> <laughs> Avery Jones, man, I appreciate it. Thanks, oh, man. Always. Thanks for having me. Glad to be cool. the first. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Avery yeah. Jones, by the way. Uh, Skip still taking care of stuff over there. Skip's still the man. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, tell him Venmo's an option, man. Just got to say, though. I brought up the bet, and I figured, you know, it's, it's four years ago. He wouldn't remember it. He remember. And you can't see his reaction. Maybe Brent will play the interview later tonight on, on the TV show or some other time. We well, put well it on we're going to put it on. We're going to have it on our YouTube channel. Okay, we're on, on YouTube, YouTube channel. Jackson, also okay. on Facebook. We'll throw there it we up go. there. We'll throw it up there. Uh, you could tell immediately that he knew that he messed up. Okay? <laughs> I, I'm not even lying. And, you know, what really grinds my gears is the fact that he knows he's in the wrong. But he tried to weasel out of it, and that is not something I can co-sign with. I will see this guy every single day at practice, so <laughs> I'm going to keep asking for my money until I get it. And here's just the thing, too. We didn't really establish if it was going to be money or if it was going to be like a Ruth Chris dinner. If we do the dinner, well, inflation, Brent, I'm talking Ruth Chris, and I'm talking the chop shop now, the, the chop house. Uh, Comfort chop house? Yeah, at least two things now, because it's been a couple years. Yeah, well, maybe you guys should just come along with me if I have to buy Ruth's oh, Chris for everybody. That's an extra incentive. That's coming as long. I'm, I love, I'm having a lot of meals coming up here pretty soon. I can't my, wait. Here's my favorite thing about this, is that people on Twitter actually think they're going to win this bet that I took yesterday about buying people Ruth's Chris if the Jags don't get the draft in 10 years. I'm telling you, folks... It's coming to Jacksonville. But here's the thing. Believe Brent. Brent. You said 10 people, right? Yeah. A little aggressive, though? Just a little aggressive, don't you think? No, because I know I'm right. Okay, I'm just saying, if if you're wrong for whatever reason, if there's a snowflakes chance and you know what, and you're wrong... I also Ooh. I also plan if I can throw some extra payments on my house by 2029. We, I hope it's paid off. I mean, we're, 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 <laughs> with this Ruth Chris stuff here, are we talking apps, too? Would we do an apps as well? 
Yeah, I mean, we're going to buy dinner right now. I'm going to probably drop two grand on this okay. dinner. Okay, because I'm getting macaroni and cheese. That's that's a given as well. I've had her by 10 years from now if this show's still going. It's a big if, by the way. <laughs> expense. Uh, and if we're both still here, <laughs> it's either expense or Ruth's Chris is now on board. <laughs> Let's hope so, right? <laughs> at least, hey, at meal, least at least for a night. Meal prep by Ruth Chris, bro. Let's get that meal prep Ruth Chris, man. Live some of that good life. Let's go. <laughs> I like Ruth and I like Chris. Uh, all right. Uh, hey, when we come back. That was good catching up with Avery Jones, by the way. Uh, underrated guy on that football team. Absolutely. You know, he plays a position at the nose tackle. That's a supremely underrated spot. You know, he's not getting the sacks, not necessarily getting the tackles, but he does his job very well. And if you see Ngakwe, if you see Allen getting those sacks, if you see the good coverage, it's because of Avery Jones. Would I be wrong to say this is, uh, and I'm going to be dramatic here, Yeah. best backup to that position in the NFL? I, I'm not, you're, listen, no, we don't know rosters like no, that. I don't, I, know I don't even know. Done, I don't even can't tell you every guy in the backup spot. Yeah. But from a rotational standpoint, this guy wrong. is really good. Especially I think. being an undrafted uh, free agent as well. Yeah, I love his story. Super rare, man. And he's a cool dude. Yeah. He's a fun guy Very to be cool around guy. too. Uh, Georgia Bulldogs certainly love him. And by the way, that's two Georgia Bulldog interviews. Yeah. This week. B- back to back GA. Where are you at, dogs? Bulldogs. Where are you at? We got your back. And by the way, that's good also for. Uh, Avery Jones, because he's got Chris Conley now. So yep. dur- during Georgia-Florida weeks, yeah, you see what I did there, Georgia fans? Rolling deep, man. Uh, uh, now you can kind of go well, up against those Gators. Well, if Avery doesn't uh, pay me, I'm going after Conley, man, because he's, he's a little smaller. We're going out to the West Coast next. We've got an interview with D.D. Westbrook on the way. We've got more Jags football talk, but hockey time. We're going outside the box. We're going to the sin bin. Slap shot, perhaps. Oh, it's a good movie, man. I think this guy likes that movie. I think he does, too. Oh, who doesn't like that movie, though? Let's be honest. That's a good point. Yep. CM Punk joins Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 right after the break. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30. Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, welcome back, Jacksonville, and everyone really around the country, because you can see us everywhere. In fact, all over the world, we're global, baby. Brent Martin, along with former Jags player, current MMA pro fighter, Austin Lane. That was a terrible introduction for you. It's all good, uh, man. And Scott with us here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We talk everything on the show, and if you just jump it in, and we, we talk... A lot MMA. We talk wrestling. We talk hockey. We talk a lot of football because we're here in Jacksonville, Jaguars, college football, all the rest of it. But uh, this is a guy that's awesome to talk a little bit of everything about and with. Yeah. He's done it all, it feels like. Wrestling. Yeah. yeah. MMA. He's a big Chicago fan. He is. I mean, he's got to be a big Slapshot fan because he's got it in his avatar on, on Twitter. <laughs> nice uh, nice look there. A little yeah. research on you. Ah, yeah, we got Probably research. Here, Brent. CM Punk joins us right now, and this is Austin's guy, but uh, we really appreciate you joining us on the show, man. Thanks for hanging out for a few minutes. Oh, no problem, as long as we're not going to talk about golf, and I'm, I'm here to talk about hockey. <laughs> <laughs> My man. So, uh, aren't hockey players good at golf? <laughs> no. I According mean, to Happy Jones. But, you know, you know, I mean, if you're a good hockey player at golf, it means you probably haven't ever made the playoffs. 
Brent, I hate to tell you, man, <laughs> but Happy Gilmore was not a documentary. Uh, CM Punk, welcome, man. Listen, you're a, a former professional wrestler. Uh, you fought in the Octagon. You've had your own series of comic books, Drag the Destroyer. Um, you, now you're doing commentary, and that's actually where you're at right now in California, doing the Cage Fighting Championships over there. You're a movie star. Is there anything that you don't do, man? Because I'm, I'm waiting to see like an album or something drop from you next year, like in some kind of music genre. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it was, I dabble. I dabble in, in, in band stuff, but that's more or less because I have a ton of friends who are in bands. So, you know, if anybody ever needs me to sit in on something, I can... I can fumble my way through a Ramon song or two. Okay, I'm just gonna say though, man, if you need like a backup guitar player, a baritone saxophone player, we can, <laughs> we, we can start going. Say, I'm, I'm saying, ska music's it's coming back, Brent. So if you ever need a ska, you got a, uh, you got a baritone. You got, I mean, you're a good dude. You gotta handle that baritone. Oh, I, I have a baritone saxophone, sir. And, and, and if you want to go to Riot Fest and play on that stage, we can do it right now, man. So let's get it. Nice. <laughs> I like it. All right, CM Punk with us here on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. All those things that uh, Austin just mentioned when you're growing up in chicago uh, i think for the most part which one did you envision yourself doing um god probably none of them <laughs> you know i don't know uh, i mean I, I eventually focused in on the, the pro wrestling you know what i mean but I, I i'm fortunate to live a life where i can just kind of do things i love and then eventually somebody's like, oh, hey, we'll pay you for that. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. Why would you do that? Uh, and then, yeah, and, you know, like, good or bad, win, lose, or draw, like I always say in life, it's what you got to do. You got to do what you love. And it's, it's worked out for me thus far. I've done okay. Amen to that. So, listen, we brought you on for a reason here. I, I don't get to talk too much hockey. When I do, I have to think of creative ways to get people to be into it. Um, I had a segment a couple of weeks ago where I literally compared every team in the playoffs to people that you would meet in a bar or a club. And that's how I got to talk hockey uh, on the airwaves. But now we have you here, so let's get into it a little bit. Um, you know, Before we get started on the Stanley Cup final, this is kind of want to – recap the brackets a little bit i mean listen the, the the whole narrative is the same every single year we listen to experts they tell us who to pick and everything um me personally i had the i had the flames going and i had the capitals going and that obviously backfired in my face i mean i assume you thought a bracket how's your bracket looking oh my bracket shot the hell i don't i don't know a single person who has anybody in a bracket and i've never seen like so nhl.com this year did a second chance bracket i've never seen or heard of them ever doing that just because you know penguins get eliminated first round uh, it, it was just it was crazy you know like first round elimination of um the the predators first round elimination of uh, just so many teams that you Tampa thought, Bay as well every yeah. divisional every division winner was out in the first round, and that's never, ever happened before in the playoffs. So that just goes to show you the parity of the NHL. Yeah. It goes to show you how tough playoffs are. Uh, what it takes to get it done isn't just about one thing. It's not about luck. It's not about skill. It's about a lot of things coming together at the right time and, and momentum. Honestly. Yeah, and, and seeing like how, how my bracket was pretty much done off the get go, then you know, that's when I start to root for teams um, that I share a special bond with, or just teams that are kind of the underdogs that I root for. And two teams that I was rooting for in the entire Stanley Cup, it was the San Jose Sharks and the Carolina Hurricanes. Two teams that made it to the semifinals. I mean, I think the Carolina Hurricanes are probably the best story in hockey this year. And listen, I'm an old school hockey guy myself, but just the way, just to see the way they're pissing off all the older guys, they were having fun. And guess what? It 
worked. I mean, were you kind of sad to see the Carolina Hurricanes go? I was sad to see the Hurricanes go. Yeah, um, there was a, there was a lot of I, I thought there was a lot of great storylines. I'm obviously I'm, I'm I'm bummed for Joe Thornton. I really I, I had the Sharks in my second my second chance bracket, but obviously that got busted by the Blues of all teams. <laughs> and if you want to talk about you want to talk about stories, uh, I, I, as much as I hate to to give the Blues props because I'm a Chicago guy, uh, that team was dead last January like first. Yeah, in the NHL, you know what I mean. The worst team in the NHL. They fire their coach, they turn things around, and now they're in the finals. So that that that's worth mentioning. And they should be commended for that. Yeah, and let's just quick touch on the Sharks as well, because I was cheering for the Sharks. I mean, Joe Thornton, a guy who hasn't won yet. In my opinion, right now, uh, there's three guys in the NHL that have not won a Stanley Cup that I want to see win a Stanley Cup. And obviously, Alex Ovechkin last year won it, so I was happy for him. You know, I was going for the Capitals. But you got Joe Pavelski, a guy who basically grew up from the town over for me. I'm cheering for him. Joe Thornton, you know, the, uh, you know, Big Joe, as they call him, or whatever. I mean, that's a guy I want to see win one, too. And then Henrik Lundqvist of the, of the Rangers, man, who's who's put yeah. his who's put his time in. Um, you know, he's come close, but hasn't got that yet. But it, it was sad to see the Sharks, especially against the Blues team, where I feel like if they were full strength, they had a good shot of beating them. But, you know, you have injuries to Joe Pabowski. Um, yep. you, you start losing some of the, Eric Carlson was out as well. I mean, you start losing some of those guys, and it was for the Blues taking. Yep, no, absolutely. And that's what I mean. Like, you know, they, the, the Sharks ran out of gas, and they fell apart. You know what I mean? So, and that, that's that's what happens. That's why this this series between the Blues and the Bruins is going to be very very interesting. So yeah, the, the, let's get your take on it here. I mean, are, are you a Bruins guy or are you a Blues guy for this whole series? Well, I'm kind of like you. You know, I'll, I'll root for the Hawks if the Hawks don't make the playoffs. It kind of makes it a more enjoyable experience overall for me because I don't watch stressful hockey. I just watch hockey and it's fun. So like, I'm not I'm not worried. About the, you know, scoreboard watching or anything like that. You know, like my team's out, so I just kind of get to be a fan. Sure. Um, so I'll root for teams that I have friends on, right? Okay. And then once they're eliminated, I'll be like, well, oh, man, who, who would I? I find myself rooting against other teams. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll root against the Predators all the time. I wasn't necessarily rooting for the Dallas Stars, but I was rooting against the Predators, and that worked out. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, when it comes when it when push comes to shove, we're in a situation like this. I don't need to see a Boston team win another championship. <laughs> I feel Thank like you. They, you know, listen, man, I'm from you know, New England, and I say however, the same thing. <laughs> however, however, I, I can't I can't abide. There's never there's never a right time to root for any St. Louis team in my eyes. Uh, and on top of that, I can get the, I can get behind uh, uh, Big Z Chara. Uh, yeah. There's a there's a lot of classy players on the Bruins. Uh, Marshman is not one of them, uh, but they're original six. So I'll always throw my uh, my weight behind an original six team. CM Punk with us here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Were you did you love hockey from the get go? Was that an acquired yeah. taste or because I mean you even you've got Paul Newman. And and slap shot and in your avatar. I mean, this uh, is there deeper meaning to that at all, or is it just your love for hockey? It's greatest greatest movie of all time. Like, it's better than The Godfather. It's better than Heat with Pacino. It's better. It's better than anything you any whatever you think the best movie in the world is. It's better than that. Awesome. Slap shot is the most the most accurate depiction of minor league sports that I've ever seen in my entire life, and it just resonates across the board with, like, everybody. Pro wrestlers, MMA fighters, 
hockey players, baseball players. There's just, you know, there's just something about that movie. And obviously, you know, Paul Newman's in it, so you, you know, that's, that's, that's hard to beat. <laughs> so, you know, when we're talking the Boston Bruins here, and I'm, I'm secretly, I'm kind of pulling for the Blues now. I like their story. They're dead last, they're, they're dead to rights basically in January. Now they're coming up, um, a true underdog story, but. That's not to say that I don't respect the Boston Bruins because and I'm not sure if you follow a lot of NFL teams, but um, you have a team like the New England Patriots, you know, the same city where there's a lot of guys that took some pay cuts on that Patriots team so they could assemble a pretty talented roster. And I feel like the Bruins have kind of done the same thing because if you look at their pay structure, man, I mean, there's no one really making, you know, a lot of money per se for the talent level. I mean, the, it, it's pretty moderate. So from that perspective, I do respect that. I do respect Chara. I mean, you know, being 6'6 six, six myself and I'm about 6'7 on hockey skates, I mean, any guy that's 6'9 on hockey skates, I respect because he gives me hope. As, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and it's kind, of a, it's kind of a different narrative this year for the Bruins as well because we've always known them as this team that's, they're gritty, you know, they, they, they live by the, by the front checking and, then, and they live by getting in your face, but, and, uh, you know, feel free to disagree if, if you think differently, but I feel like the Bruins now, they're built for speed. You know, I mean, they yeah. have so much depth, and it's just that their speed is what kills you. I mean, when they played Toronto, yes, did they try to get a little more physical, and they try to play the old-school Bruins way, and it didn't pan out so well. And ever since they went to that depth, ever since they went to more speed, it seems like the Bruins have been unstoppable. I can't remember who they added at the trade deadline. He was a, he was, he's a, he's a new guy. He wasn't an acquisition. He was, he, I think he came from the farm team. And he played like maybe one or two games. He got injured, and he's back in the playoffs now. And that guy just adds so much speed to the Bruins. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm blanking on his name. Um, maybe you know it. I don't know. I can. I, yeah, I'm not, I don't have a computer in front of me to look it up right now. <laughs> you know, you know who. I'm but no, I know exactly like, who you're talking thing, about. He hits the ice. His skates hit the ice, and like he's faster than everybody. And I think yeah. that elevates the entire the entire team. All four lines are like, we got to keep up with this kid now, and that's kind of what the Bruins culture is like, you know, yeah. it, it, they're not singling anybody out. They're not relying on one or two guys. They have an amazing fourth line. That's brutal. You know, I mean, these teams, when you talk about the blues and the Bruins are so ridiculously evenly matched. Uh, I'm just hoping for seven games, you know? Yeah. And then obviously, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about the blues a little bit here, but we're talking about the Bruins. We have to bring up, Toka Rask, I mean, a guy that's pretty much been unconscious right now and then the net for the Bruins. Um, it reminds me a lot of Tim, T- Tim Thomas reincarnated. You know, the year the Bruins yep. went with Tim Thomas in net. Uh, and, and I want to get your opinion about this, too. So, you know, Toka Rask is a guy that only played 46 regular season games, and it seems the trend these days now is to rest the goalie a little bit, you know, and not put so much of a workload on, on him in the regular season. I mean, do you think there's something to be said for that where you, kinda, you can kind of work two or three goalies uh, at a time during the regular season? Well, I think it's beneficial to have two, and you have the main goalie that you can lean on, and I definitely think that's Tuca when it comes to the Bruins. Yeah. But, I mean, look at the the Blues situation. You know, Bennington was, quote-unquote, a rookie. You know what I mean? And he, he comes in, and he's just been lights out. So uh, I think it's it's momentum has a lot to do with a lot of that. You know, I remember when, Sharks, uh, when the Hawks made their run in uh, 2015, you know, they pull Crawford in a, in a playoff game against the Predators, and they put in um, Scott Darling, and then he's lights out. You know yes, what I mean? So yeah. like, and then going forward in the round two, they have two viable goalies, and I just think that's better. You know, the goalies don't get the credit they deserve for the beatings they take, for the, the their, their skating ability and their skill and just everything they, they endure in three 20-minute periods. 
So I, I definitely think going forward, a lot of teams are going to try to rely on two goalies. You saw it with Carolina. They had Mrazek and they had uh, McElerney. And, and I, I just think that's a smart thing to do. You know, you, you got guys who, after a layoff, might not be as sharp as they normally are. So switching back and forth between two goalies, I think, is going to be the future. CM Punk hanging out with us on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Morton, Austin Lane along. All right, so how do you watch the, the Stanley Cup Finals or, or any of these playoffs? Are you hanging out with buddies? Are you saying, get the heck away from me. I want to watch this stuff. I'm just me and the TV. Uh, take us inside uh, game one it's, with CM Punk. Uh, it's, it's, so game one will be Monday, I believe. Uh, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be me and my dog. <laughs> and my wife will be sitting on the couch playing Sims, and occasionally, occasionally she'll uh, she'll look up one of the uh, one of the commentators. Maybe Doc Emmerich will say, you know, oh the Blues with a strong D, and she'll she'll look up and make a penis joke and then get back to the Sims. And I love it for it. I think me and her could have a podcast called you know like Phil and Ape Talk Hockey or something like that. There we go, dude. She's outrageous. Um, She's more of a fan of the snacks, so if I was to bring her to a game, she'd be excited about it. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be me and my dog. So basically just me watching the game. <laughs> and listen, let's quick cover the Brewers a little bit here. You said that you wouldn't cheer for a St. Louis team. I'm not sure if that goes deeper or not. We don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. But with a team like the St. Louis Blues here, I mean, how can you not like them, though? You know, I mean, like we talked about, they're a team that well, kind of – St. Louis. Okay, so he doesn't like St. Louis. That's all you got to know. Just like you don't like the Chicago teams. That's a Milwaukee guy. That's a good point. Yeah, we're not talking about the Cubs right now. But uh, but listen, I mean, but you can't love a team like listen. You got a guy like Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, who comes from the Sabers, who's been an All Star for them this year. Now he's been a little quiet in the playoffs, but they're still kind of relying on him to be that leader. Um, Jordan Bennington, another guy, the young guy, um, has really stepped up a lot. And then listen, I think one of one of the best stories right now is. Patrick Maroon, you know, uh, a guy who sure. uh, opted to take less money uh, to stay closer to his son. A huge pay cut, yeah. And this is a guy who had deals from New Jersey and other teams to get a multi-year contract for a lot more money, mm-hmm. but chose to stay in St. Louis because that's where his son was. So, yeah, I mean, he's his, his, his hometown. That's a good yeah. guy. That is that is a great story. Um, yeah, and that that's very touching. You know, he won. He won the, the, the game, I, I can't remember what game it was, overtime goal. Like, you know, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was against the, the Stars. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. And it's, you know, his kid's there and his kid's crying, and that's beautiful. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that stuff. But still, I, I Bruins in six. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you for your prediction, but you said it, and I'm taking the Blues in six. So that's we're all awesome. good. I'm taking Blues hey, in six. All right, let's get to this rivalry stuff a little bit. I wanted to do this. If, if I could uh, set up an exhibition cage match, and I put Austin in Milwaukee Brewers uniform and oh you God. in the Chicago Cubs uniform. Oh, I mean, that would be some some inspiration well, for both of you, well, wouldn't it? Here's the thing, though, Brent. With all due respect, I am bigger than, than, than CM Punk. I know, but, I but, know. No, but, but here's the thing, though. He trains at a gym with some straight-up killers. Not to say I don't either, but I'm pretty sure his gym is rolling a little more deeper. So if, if it started to become uh, he starts recruiting guys, I may be calling you up, Brent, and I don't like my chances there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're a, you're a heavyweight, so I'm in a home that you don't have a gas tank, and I'm just I'm just gonna run away from you for three rounds. So I, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. Hey, they'll, they'll, they'll... I normally I normally always don't fight uh, as smart as I should. Normally, I'm just like marching forward, trying to just trying to win. So we, we, if I'm fighting you. 
Yeah, I think I'm hiding. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how much you can. You, you, you're, you're involved in it. You know about it. You talk about it. But I'm, I'll be. Uh, it'd be bad if I didn't ask you about it. We're here in Jacksonville, and Tony Khan has started this All Elite Wrestling. Do you like the idea yeah. that there's this this new organization uh, in the world of wrestling? Idea. Absolutely, love the idea. It needs, uh, it needs competition. It needed competition for more than 20 years. You know, I, I think if you're the only game in town. Um, it's it's hard to stay as excited and as fresh as you need to be to entertain people. Uh, so hopefully this will light a fire under WWE, and they'll you know they'll they'll pay more attention and they'll maybe try to batten down the hatches and, and give you you know the, the pro wrestling that like everybody everybody loves and vice versa. Like I, I I'm friends with the Young Bucks. I'm super stoked for those guys. I hope this uh, this explodes. And, you know, next time I'm on, we're just talking about pro wrestling instead of hockey. You know what I mean? I want this. I want everybody to succeed, and I want... I want everybody to make more money. You know, that's 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 the name of the game. Yeah. Do you Amen think Do you think they're doing a lot of the right things? It sounds as an outsider for me. You're an inside guy, but for me, an outsider, it looks like they're they're taking a lot of the right steps. They have a lot of momentum heading into this weekend in Vegas, and and then another event here in Jacksonville in July. I think after this weekend, you know, you'll you'll kind of be able to read the tea leaves a little bit better. Uh, I I've, now mind you, I you know I was in the wrestling business for a long time. I saw a lot of guys with a lot of money and, you know, big checkbooks come and go, and they all talk the same game. I see a little bit of that now, but I'm not casting any kind of a judgment until, you know, after this first show, and hopefully it's a, it's a success for them. You know, it, it can only help. You know, there, there's absolutely no world we live in where competition, um, you know, hurts, hurts one another. It, it, it'll make everybody better. The high tide raises all ships. I like that a lot. So we have, I have one more question for you, and then we'll let you go. Um, so I got to ask you, man, like, what's what's harder, going in the octagon or being a movie star? Because you do have a horror movie coming out. I may or may not see it. Like, horror movies kind of stress me out a little bit, right? Like, I don't no, want to have blood pressure. Okay, I have to see it. I will see it then. But what do you think if was harder? Bruins, in it? Here, here, we'll do this. We'll do this. If the Bruins win, you gotta you got to watch the movie. If the Blues win, I'll, I'll give you a pass. You don't have to watch. <laughs> no, I mean I, I'm probably gonna watch it regardless. But I've seen the trailer, and like I said, I don't do a lot of horror movies. I, I, I do like the classic horror movies. Uh, the, the newer ones with more suspense kind of stress me out a little bit. But I will check it out. But can you just kind of talk about how you got involved with that real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was on a couple episodes of uh, Marin, my yeah. friend, when he had the, the show. Uh, the director for the episodes I was uh, I was in was Bobcat Goldthwait. Believe of it or course, not. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Bobcat, very famous comedian. Obviously, I think most people who know him from Police Academy, but he has a brilliant uh, a brilliant track record of doing all kinds of great TV, movies, writer, director, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, and he was just a gem to work with. And apparently, he liked me. So when his uh, one of his partners was looking for, uh, and believe it or not, Chicago-based uh, lead for a movie, Bobcat recommended me, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, it, you know, I like to say it fell in my lap, but I, I think it, it might have been a little bit more strategic than that. But it was, uh, yeah, I had the time of my life. I mean, it's tough. Some long days, you know, you're up for a whole day, you know, 16 hour shoots or whatnot. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard and it's challenging. But I, I always say everything that's worth doing is going to be hard. So it was a very rewarding experience. Uh, I got a couple other things lined up. I'm going to be doing more and I'm just, 
super excited that everybody gets to see this thing come October. Fantastic. And that's co- so that's coming out in October. Yeah. Uh, well, see, the problem is, and it's not a problem; it's a good problem to have. It, it, they, it premiered at South by Southwest, and it did so well that they're kind of pulling back on it, and they're going to do uh, the film festival circuit, so to speak. So, oh, very cool. Um, yeah, and then obviously to me, October is the best the best time to. Yeah, you know, have a, a wide release of a, a horror movie. So, yeah. you know, it's Halloween. Yeah, that makes Absolutely. a lot of sense. Uh, I'll tell you this, man. Uh, between you and Austin, all the different things you guys do, I, I think it's fascinating. It's unbelievable. I'm just a dumb sports guy over here. <laughs> Talk on radio and TV. Uh, but it must be a fun life. It is, man. It is. It's a fun journey. Join us, Brent. Come on, man. There's plenty of room. Uh, hey, listen. You got sounds like you guys are talented. I don't. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, hey, we. I know you've been traveling all day. Thanks for checking in. We got to catch up again, and especially since now there's a bet on the line with you and Austin. Brewers coming up too. Eventually, I'm sure for the division. Uh, in a couple months or so, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll definitely talk about that. It's going to be tight. Three, uh, three team race, I think. Let's get it, man. Sounds right. like a plan. CM Punk, safe travels, man. Appreciate you checking in on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, it was good to have him on. Uh, good hookup right there, Austin Lane. Uh, yeah. And, and tell, give us, a, give the folks a little backstory. How you doing? So, Matt. Well, I mean, first of all, I'm a wrestling fan, right? Yeah. So, yeah. If, if you're a wrestling fan, you're gonna be a CM Punk fan. That's yeah. just that's just standard, right? And um, CM Punk was probably my favorite wrestler growing up. Uh, and I don't make, mean to make him sound old, but you know, he, he was a guy. He's I had a forty. Lot of, He's like uh, nine years older than you. Yeah. Him. So I had a lot of respect for him uh, in the wrestling game and everything like that. Well, when I played in Chicago, uh, there was a comic book kind of convention thing going on, and he was doing the Drax the Destroyer series, like like I talk, we talked about uh, from the Guardians of the Galaxy series. So he. Uh, he wrote, I think, I think it's like five or six um, of the comics. Great comics, by the way. Uh, definitely a different take. You know, it's definitely got, it has his personality in it, which is pretty funny. Um, but anyway, so there was an opportunity to meet him. And uh, you remember I talked about Shane McClellan, the linebacker. Yes. Well, you know, Shane McClellan at the time, the first-round draft pick, was the man in Chicago. So he Get had, some perks. So he, he had all access everywhere. I was number 73 uh, playing <laughs> wait, defensive wait. end. 73B. I, I was number 73B <laughs> uh, playing defensive end. I had zero perks, sir. So uh, me, uh, Shane McClellan, and Lamar Houston yeah. ended up going to this because we're all, you know, we watch cartoons. I mean, we're into all that video games. And I have a video game story sometime. I'll tell you about that whole convention, too, as well, where I ruined about a thousand people's days. Oh. Uh, we'll have to show that later on the show. But anyway, so CM Punk was signing autographs, you know, taking pictures and everything like that. I wanted to get in line and I was ready just to wait in line to meet him. You know, I mean, I wasn't, I'm not the guy to cut in line and use my, who I am. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'm 73B. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I really had no pull. But you know, you know Shay being Shay, Shay is just like, yeah, we, we can go up here. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll follow Shay because I'm not going to wait in line for two hours. So, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're waiting and well, we're waiting to see him and I meet CM Punk and like I told the story before um i was getting ready to walk out of the nfl and continue mma um, my career with that and i wanted to hear cm punk's response about him leaving professional wrestling and going to the ufc yeah because this is a guy that's been the face of professional wrestling for a long time is now doing a new endeavor and i wanted to pick his brain and see what his mindset was because i i told myself if i liked what i heard then I have no problem walking away from football because I'm 73B, right? I'm, I'm away anyways. But if I liked what I heard, I would walk away and pursue MMA myself. And long story short, um, 
he had a very inspiring comment. Said he's he's either going to die a glorious death or he's going to go out and kick some ass. And you know what? Um, even though he went 0 and 2, uh, you can't take away that he inspired a lot of people because it takes a special person, believe me, to walk in that cage. And he's done it, man. He's absolutely lived it. And you know what? He's inspired me as well to do it. So you got, you can't say anything bad about the guy. Uh, it's pretty awesome that he joined us here on the show today. Uh, we'll get back to football. But by the way, you'll be in Vegas this week at All Elite Wrestling. I know, man. Coming up all weekend so long. The show goes on, right? Doesn't sound like you'll see CM Punk. I think he's I out think in Los so. Angeles. I think he's in Los but, Angeles. Uh, <laughs> hey, more to come on ESPN 690, including my interview with Dee Westbrook next. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, welcome back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. That was a lot of fun hanging out with CM Punk for a little bit. And uh, I continue to be... Just wowed by the massive array of the resume on some of these guys. You know, it's like... Renaissance, man. They're all over the place. So many skills, so many interests. And, uh, you know, if, if, if they were a mutual fund, they'd be well diversified. Yeah, that's absolutely great way to say it, Scott. I mean, listen, it's like, I don't know what to chalk it up to. You know, one is star power, right? Uh, CM Punk has star power. He's got like two and a half million followers on Twitter. Uh, he's obviously a star in, in, in wrestling. So that helps branding. But also, one, you have to have, I think, the ambition to do the things a guy like that does. You know, and I, and I kind of bring you into it. You've done a lot of different stuff, too. I mean, it's so it's it's pretty wild to me. That's what I was saying to Scott. It's wild that these guys are so well diversified yeah. and, and can tap into and be successful at it like the horror film the mm -hmm. comics the wrestling uh and, and i know it wasn't a huge success in mma but even giving it a whirl and saying all right that didn't work i'm gonna try this yeah or, yeah. or now he's commentating on it yeah. right now he's in broadcasting so it, it's it's wild i mean it, to well, me it's it's not uh listen i can do this i can do radio and i can do tv Right, I, yeah. I could do some play-by-play, -play, but they're all associated. But, but Those no, things are not see, associated. But here's the thing, though, Brent. You're selling yourself short because I see how hard you work. I mean, dude, you're, you're putting in long days uh, to try to perfect your craft, to try to spread the brand and everything. And... You know, CM Punk is a true underdog story in terms of wrestling. You know, I mean, he was the guy that wasn't supposed to make it. Well, he made it. Well, then, so look, at he makes it. He becomes the star of the WWE. Well, if you take that mindset of what got him to WWE and you take the mindset of what made him a star and he applies it to going to the UFC, he applies it to writing a comic book, he applies it to being a movie star. I mean, it's all relative. You know, and then that's the way I try to look at it as well, where that work ethic that got me to the NFL, I try to apply that to my radio. I try to apply that to my fighting. I mean, it, it's all relative. So I feel like if you applied yourself, man, if you bring the same, if you bring the same um, passion, if you bring the same work ethic that you do to your radio show, do that you do to the to the TV show, uh, you can be successful too, man. Don't sell yourself short now. Oh yeah, well, yeah, I, I get your point. I think that's a good point to say. Like, yeah, I do think if I, I I ventured into another part of the business world. Like it, you can out hustle people, you can outwork people, um, but I don't know if I could. And I'm being truthful here. I, I think from an outwork standpoint, you can do a lot of things, but there's also an elite level of something to be really good at being a wrestler, at yeah. being a an NFL player, at well, being able to. Okay, 
your brand is one thing. I can get a guy that's a big brand, mm-hmm. comes on here and does a radio show, mm-hmm. and he sucks. Mm-hmm. Just like they could have a guy that comes on a, a big brand guy, make him into an actor. He's not very good. They've tried that before with people. Yeah. So it's it's just fascinating that that uh, you can be elite, and it's probably too soon to say he's elite at uh, being an actor, but he's got his stuff dipped into so many different worlds. It's not. It's it's not we're just work ethic. You know, I could spend well, a lot of time well, trying to write a comic, but well, it might not be very good. There's a lot of good. acting involved in the whole wrestling background, that's too, though, true. because yeah, you got to sell like everything you're doing. But at, at, at the same time, though, Brent, like, let's look at it like this. When I was coming out of high school, I was a zero-star recruit, right? Nobody knew who I was. Yeah. You know why? Because there's a lot of 6'5 defensive ends in the country, okay? I mean, and it's like my college coach said. He's like, the thing that's going to set you apart is the fact that I can find a 6-6 defensive end if I look hard enough. They're, you know, they're not to say a dime a dozen, but they're pretty common. Just like if he's a if CM Punk's a wrestler. I mean, there's, there's a lot of 6-2 guys out there because he's 6-2, I think, or 6-1. I mean, there's a lot of 6-1 guys out there that wrestle. Okay, but what sets everybody apart, what got me to the next level in the NFL, I'm sure what got CM Punk to the, to the you know, the, the level of WWE was his mindset and his work ethic. Uh, because that's what rises to the top. You know, like, yes, you have to have some kind of athleticism, and maybe you need some lucky breaks, and you have to have a good support system. But what gets you above everything else, Brent, I'm telling you right now, is your mindset. This is this, hey, is, this, this has been a TED in. talk. This has been a TED this talk just in. for ESPN 690. I, I am retiring and trying to make the uh, senior tour. Let's get it. <laughs> we'll see you later, everybody. It's been a fun yeah. show. Have a good night. This is a fun In other news, ESPN 690 now hiring hosts. I'm out. <laughs> uh, either that or I'll just continue to try to endorse Vita de Louis. It's our happy hour horde time. Oh, let's get it. <laughs> oh, that was not it. <laughs> Maybe it is hey, time to leave, Brent. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The Derby and Preakness is well over. Are we getting ready for the Belmont? Do we have the happy hour horn? Where did the horn go? Do you want me to sing it myself, Brent? Can you sing that? No, not even close. Grab a drink, get a shot, and tip your star tenders. It's Thirsty Thursdays, everybody. Absolutely. You know, uh, can you imagine if Coos had done that? Hey, in my defense, it says horn two on the high key. Uh, can you imagine uh, if Coos hit, hit the horse button? Uh, oh, it would be over. So this is what would have happened. He would hit the horse button, we would have yelled at him, and he'd be in the fetal position right now yeah. in the corner. Just I, mean, I mean, listen, we don't even yell at What's Scott because he's built up a lot of equity. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, are you kidding me? No, so, I appreciate that. Yeah, Thank you very I mean, much. So, so what? Scott might have had a little air, you know, E5 or whatever like that. Nah. Guess what? Guys well, are going to my defense. You guys, guys move glover. some stuff around here. Hey, and it's all good, man. Like we said, you're a gold glover. You're you're an asset to this team. So you're all good, man. You're not going anywhere. Uh, a locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville, made in Tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita Deloitte Tequila, one of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDeloitte.com. I don't want to waste any more time. I want to get to some Jaguars. And I caught up with D.D. Westbrook. I think this team needs D.D. Westbrook to be a star in 2019. Can he do it? I think so. 
I, and I, I took a lot of time to think about that, but I'm see. Here's the thing. With the Jaguars team right now, there's so many young guys. I mean, you have the Marquise Lee who's who's coming off the injury. DJ Chark is not a bona fide starter by any means, but I always say it on the show, Brent, where you're talking about a guy from his first year to second year, you make the biggest progress. But I think the constant, I think the guy that it's going to fall on is two guys, actually, Chris Conley and D.D. Westbrook. And with all due respect to Chris Conley, I think he's going to be a great receiver for the Jaguars, but I think D.D. Westbrook has that wow factor. We've seen flashes of it. We've seen glimpses of it. Now it's just a matter of putting it together for a full season. Think of playmakers on this football team. You hope Nick Foles is one. Mm-hmm. You hope Leonard Fournette is one. And quite frankly, D.D. Westbrook is probably next on the list. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can rely on Marquise Lee early in the year to in real to be yeah, realistically. You're not sure how that knee is going to respond. And outside of those guys anyway, I'm not really sure the Jaguars have actual big-time playmakers on this team. I really don't. Now, Keelan Cole, can he catch a 75-yard bomb against Seattle? We hope. Can he make a great catch against Seattle? He needs to be more consistent with it. I think Marquis Lee, if he gets back and gets going, I think he can make some big plays. The tight end spot, listen, we're not ready to say someone's going to make big play week in, week out in that tight end spot. So it's very important they find somebody in the receiving core they can rely on to make big plays. I think D.D. Westbrook really started to do it the second half of last year. I was begging for them to throw the ball to number 12 last year. They mm-hmm. didn't do it enough. They finally started to do it back third of the year, and you could tell, man, he was starting to, to, to come on and yeah. even more and more. I think he's got a chance to be a good one here in 2019. We caught up with D.D. Westbrook this afternoon. All right, Didi, uh, you spent the entire offseason just raving about all these Oklahoma quarterbacks probably, right? Yeah, Mazef, Mazef, QBU. What about this quarterback? Uh, what have you seen from number seven? Uh, man, he's a leader, you know what I'm saying? And that's pretty much where it starts. We're pretty much getting that timing down, coming together, you know, figuring things out. And uh, I love his touch on the ball, you know what I mean? He knows exactly how to put it. He don't throw it too hard on slants. You know, he gives you that chance. And, and that 50-50 ball, you know what I'm saying, is there split 50-50, so go up and make a play. We've seen a lot of young guys at that position. Obviously, Blake was growing and growing and growing growing with you guys, but there's a sense of maturity about Nick. I mean, he's 30 years old. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He's been to a bunch of places. Do you guys sense that? Uh, most definitely. Like I said, man, uh, the leadership from him is there, you know, and we just come in and, and we fall in line. Like I said, he's been there. He's been in those big games, and that's where we're trying to go, and so for him, he has a ton of experience. When they signed him. They said, hey, we want everybody catching up to the QB about this offense. Is that what you guys are doing because he has that relationship with John Filippo and kind of knows what to expect? Yeah, most definitely, but he gives everybody a chance. You know what I mean? Like, he, he knows the offense, but he breaks it down for us to understand. You know what I'm saying? He make it. That's <laughs> Keelan Cole, by the way, in the back. <laughs> he makes it a lot easier for us to understand. How about your game? Uh, you look like you've added some muscle. Uh, always a good thing. You know, I do I do my thing. You know what I'm saying? That's a whole bunch of fruity pebbles, you know, waffles, chicks mix, those type of things. Wait a minute. I try that, and that's not muscle. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm joking. I've been, I've been getting it in, though. Why? What did you do different? Uh, what did you want to accomplish in the offseason to, to make Maybe get a little thicker. Uh, man, just eat. You know, uh, I'm a very picky eater. My mother knows that. You know, but uh, I just had to take a step back and start trying new things. You know, and with that being said, I, I start putting on, you know, different types of weight and then going and working it out, turning that fat into muscle. I think uh, that's an underrated part of you. When when you you catch a ball out there on that football field, you've got an aggressive nature to you. You can be physical. I know you're light and or smaller in stature, if you don't mind me saying, but but you, there's a physical part of your game. You like that, don't you? Um, I come from the country. The country, you know, we uh, wrestle cows, you know, we do cow tipping, you know what I mean? So so that's where the physicality comes from. 
I think there's some expectation for D.D. Westbrook to, I don't know if you want to say breakout year, but take another step. What's your expectation of what to expect in 2019? I mean, I'm just going to go out there and play ball. You know what I mean? And, and for me, that's what it's all about. You know, I love this game and playing this game since I was seven years old. You know, and I, I just want to go out there and make every play count and contribute, help the team win. This offense uh, was maybe starved of some playmakers last year. I think you were one of those guys. But do you feel like you've got them around you? Uh, Marquis Lee coming back hopefully in the fall. Leonard healthy. You have more playmakers on that side of the ball? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And, and for me, you know, like every play, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to battle. I'm going continue to finish every single play and, and hopefully you know I'm not really a vocal leader and I go off my practice ability you know my play ability and hopefully guys see me and follow along. How much more mature are you right now uh, and this isn't a knock on you I'm just asking you self-evaluate how much more mature than the day you walked in here as an NFL player? Oh man way more mature way more mature you know uh, it's just like a, a starting job you know what I mean like you, you don't really know going into it and so for me that's where I was you know and I had guys like Allen Robinson you know Allen Hearns but then those guys suffered injuries, you know what I mean? So then it was just me thrown in a fire. And so at that point, I didn't know what to expect, you know what I mean? I didn't know what the NFL was all about. But, you know, here being able to go out there and, and practice and get better each and every day, time and time again, you know, uh, letting my work ethic take over, it's been a lot easy. And I feel like I've matured a lot. A couple more. Uh, Nick Foles and you, how much do you guys still have to work on timing, getting on the same page, a rapport, relationship? How important will these next few weeks and then obviously August be? Oh, that's going to be huge. You know, uh, like I said, every single day. You know what I mean? We, we got to come out here, and that's the mentality. So for me, whenever I'm out there running routes, I can't slack off because I know, you know, each step is a building block for us. I saw you in the last couple of weeks, I think, out in the community. I think maybe it was around Mother's Day. Right. And how much, how rewarding is that for you that you get to do that? Who's coming up with these ideas, and, and how present do you want to be in this Jacksonville community? Man, I love Jacksonville. You know, uh, I want to stay here. Uh, I want to retire here, you know, and, and for me, that's why I'm getting out in the community and doing different things to let that be known. Like, this is my home. This is where I want to be, and I'm Duval to the end but uh you know as far as like the mothers my thing is it's like everything is last minute for me like I'm one of those guys it's just like dang it's mother's day I'm not able to go home you know I'm not able to be with my children so boom let's go do this for other people you know and, and so me it's like the whole thought process is just me laying in bed and waking up and like this is what I want to do let's go do it that's awesome speaking of if you're going to be in Jacksonville while you got to learn to surf I um, saw recently you went out there with Chris Conley I think give us a little bit of insight on that experience oh man I was scared I was scared to death you know uh that's one of my biggest fears you know like sharks I watch Jaws Everybody say it's not real. I don't care that's real. You know what I mean? Like, sharks are real. And uh, then when I get out there on the water, you know, and then I'm talking to the guys that actually surf, my surf bros, hey, you know, and they pretty much tell me, you know, how everything works, and they make it easier for me just like football, you know. And I admire different people, you know, talents, because not everybody can come out here and catch football. You know, as easy as it sounds, it's difficult. You know, and just like surfing, not anybody can just get in the water, jump on the board, and surf, skate, you know what I mean? So those guys have their special talents, and I respect them. You liked it? I loved it. I loved it. We're not drinking the salt, though. Like, the salt, no, nah, I ain't like that part. But I had fun. Good deal, man. Good to spend time with you. Yep, thank you. D.D. Westbrook, Jaguars wide receiver. I'll tell you what, that was a lot of fun. I've talked to D.D. a bunch. I've had him on Jaguars All Access. We've talked to D.D., you know, a million times, it feels like, now in the locker room the last couple of years. I always liked D.D., but he seems like he's in an awesome place. I mean, that was a lot of Both Marcel Robinson was there with me uh, and did the camera work for that interview, and we'll show it. On the weekend on Action Sports Jacks Primetime, 10.30 on Fox 30, 11.30 on CBS 47. And we both kind of got done with that interview. We were like, wow, and that was like he that, that felt like a different DD. And I don't even know how to describe it. I'm not saying he needs to be different. Mm-hmm. It just felt really the question I asked him, how much more mature is he? And you can see these guys grow up. You know, I mean, it's three years in now. And what else? He bulked up. He put on some muscle. 
about 10 pounds of muscle, I would guess, and you can see it. And the one thing, if you go back and watch D.D. Westbrook, and I kind of said it going into the interview, that dude plays hard. He catches the ball, and then he'll not afraid of contact. He will try to run you over. He plays at a with a physical presence for a guy that's pretty slight in stature. And, and listen, that's kind of a rare breed these days, you know, especially at his size and stature, because uh, you know the the whole game plan now is to try to have a long career, right? So if you're a smaller receiver, I mean. Unless you're a burner, you can burn away from anybody. You're gonna, you're gonna catch the balls, then kind of get, maybe get out of bounds or kind of go down a little bit. And you hit it right on the head. With Didi Westbrook, I mean, um, you know, people use the term he has that dog in him, yeah, and uh, yeah, and, D- and Didi Westbrook yeah. has that dog. And listen, it's it's the contact that he initiates, but it's also the jump balls. I feel like too, where he's not necessarily he's not a Kelvin Johnson, he's not a Julio Jones, but I've seen him a couple times go up there and get the balls as well. Yeah, and uh, it'll be fun to watch. And he had nice things again to say about Nick Foles. I thought he got really deep into the Nick Foles stuff, fifty fifty balls and all those kind of things and again you heard the word leader uh one more time when we come back at action sports shacks on espn 690 let's talk more jaguars football we'll get back to nick Foles. what happened day two of otas a little john d filippo talk you'll hear from the offensive coordinator really first time we get to deep dive in with the jaguars new oc and we got balling and falling stay in your lane so much more to get to on a thursday thanks for hanging hope you're having a fantastic day in jacksonville florida more ESPN 690 to go. Now, back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. The times he's been out here, he shows explosion. Uh, he shows he has really good hands. Uh, he shows he's smart. He can line up in a lot of different spots. And so we're really pleased he's, you know, when he's out here and, and, and working. That's John Filippo, the Jaguars offensive coordinator, talking about the guy we just interviewed moments ago, D.D. Westbrook, Jaguars wide receiver. A lot of nice things to say about the Jaguars offense. He had some great things to say about Leonard Fournette. We'll talk more about it with John Filippo in just uh, a little bit. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Scott in for Coos. It's been a really fun show. D.D. Westbrook, Avery Jones. We've heard from Nick Foles. We've heard from John Filippo, and just had CM Punk on in the last hour as well. So, as always, if you missed any of the show, and we appreciate you listening on ESPN 690 streaming at work ESPN 690.com but you can also check out the video platforms or the oh. podcast the podcast action sports jacks on ESPN 690 the video platforms on Twitter at Brent AS Jacks on YouTube our action sports jacks channel on Facebook ESPN 690 and also on Twitch ESPN 690 Jack so plenty of places to go back and watch the show listen to the show uh, if you missed any of it here on a Thursday afternoon. But uh, we like to think it's been a pretty good one so far. Having I'm having some fun. I'm having some fun. Yeah, I'm having weird. a hell of a day, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we appreciate it. As long as we are. Yeah, that's all that matters, right? Well, we, we I, I care about the listener. So yeah. I, I think well, if we have fun, then they will too. And here's the thing about it. Yes, we can have fun, but we also have to remember if you want to keep on having fun, we have to make sure that the listener is having fun as well. Absolutely. So, yes. and, and you can tell us. But I don't want you just calling in and say, I'm having fun. But you can let us know if you want, 904-362-9901. Hey, you know what? Did we ever give away uh, first pitch walk-off charities? We gave away one set. Uh, it feels like it's about time to give away another let's one. Let's do, do it think? again. We got another four-pack to tomorrow night's home run derby. I want to get another trophy, a big one. I'm going to make hats and shirts, and I'm going to be a two-time champ. I, if I win the home run derby again tomorrow night at the baseball ground, 615, do I... Go to like a Hall of Fame or something? <laughs>
I don't care if it's Cooperstown or anything. I mean, I'm just saying, your wife kind of has you beat right now with that. She does. So you, you are due for something, I feel like. Yeah, well, I, there's a chance she doesn't get inducted into her high school Hall of Fame until August 29th. Okay. So I'm thinking if I win the Derby, I'll create a a home run derby hall of fame and put myself in it prior to her here's the question is she in the derby too as well or not no she's not no, okay uh, i guess it's, it's in baseball is a little different, it's almost though. a family event though every yeah. so i i don't maybe i'll have steph shag <laughs> the balls oh we got to take videos too uh, she can take the video yeah so, so, so uh, media, man. The kids. Yes, i want to uh, see it <laughs> so uh all right time for balling and falling oh, yeah. oh wait, wait let's give away the tickets first a four pack to tomorrow night's first pitch event walk off charities yeah home run derby local uh media folks also brett myers is in it former big leaguer we think Taven bryan of the jags is in it uh that at least was the plan you know things change especially with otas going on but how about be caller number let's go three for uh, cm punk's new movie girl on the third floor there you go yeah. three again first it was for babe ruth now it's for cm punk girl on the third floor. if you want to go to tomorrow night's event and if you don't win tickets again take your kids take the little league team they get in for free i think it's ten dollars for adults for food and and there's drinks and it's just a good time and you'll be home by eight o'clock eight fifteen so it's a nice event doors open at five o'clock over at the baseball grounds tomorrow head into a holiday weekend in style ball yeah. and fall in time what you got listen i don't cheer for the i don't cheer for the cubs and i don't cheer for the blackhawks but I'm impartial to the Bears. So, uh, balling, balling, going out to Virginia. Hallis McCaskey coming in at 96 years young. Did you ever meet her? Ah, uh, she she came by. Did I, I, I didn't talk to her personally, but I saw her. But uh, she's uh, she was like, who's seventy three B? I know exactly right. <laughs> Get him off my team. <laughs> but you got to think though. So she's they're celebrating the Bears one hundred basically. It's it's the hundredth year of the franchise, and she's going to be in attendance, um, doing a panel actually, um, answering questions and whatnot. And you think about just how much she has seen, you know, yeah, that's in, crazy. In, in her lifetime. So um, I, I think of the balling man. You know, there's a, you know, I mean, I, they say age is a state of mind. And I definitely agree with that. But you know, being you know being up there and everything, and still being so involved with the team, being around football, uh, it's a pretty cool thing to see. That's great perspective, really. Yeah. I mean, she's ninety six. You said ninety six. They've played for a hundred years. I mean, even if she was a hundred, you wouldn't really remember the first four years anyhow. Yeah. So <laughs> she's, she's seen a lot. She's seen a uh, lot of Chicago Bears football. So very very cool and uh, story uh, franchise, of course. My balling. I'm gonna make it easy. I'm going. I'll give you all the kids. Uh, but my kids graduate middle school in about an hour. There we go. So the graduation. Nice. I don't know really what graduating middle school means. Yeah, yeah. Like you have no choice. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you basically have to. Well, and, so and then here's the most important question I got for you. How are the grades looking? Is it going to be a good summer? Or is it going to be uh grades are good? Okay, we're good then. It's going to be yeah, a good summer for good. everybody. Uh, grades are fine. So yeah. uh, it, it's it, you know we were talking about this earlier in the week. No, it has not gone fast, <laughs> but it is at the same time crazy to think mm-hmm. that. They'll graduate middle school tonight. but So it's not just for uh, Tyler and Kaylee, mm-hmm. although it will be fun. And then we're celebrating by going right off to baseball practice right after. That's how we do things in our house. There we go. Uh, but you think about this a fun time of year, but also an emotional time of year for so many. Graduating high school, graduations mm-hmm. of college, uh, proms and all that are just about done, I think. But um, pretty cool time of year yeah. if you're like, I think especially in the high school ranks, mm-hmm. think about even high school baseball and softball and, and uh, Trinity Christian won a state championship. They can be balling. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did that last night. 
Ridgeview lost a heartbreaker in extra innings on a walk-off today, 6-4, to four, but a fantastic season. Uh, Creekside softball, I heard, won today, so they're off to the state championship game. Oakleaf plays, or they might be playing right now. Uh, baseball last night, Paxson lost in the regional final, but it was a good run. Creekside scored seven times in the last two innings to go win in Pensacola. They're off to the Final Four. Uh, Trinity Christian's in the Final Four in baseball. So all those things. There's a lot going on. It's yeah. summertime. It's feel- Everybody's balling. Because you know what? This started summer where I grew up. Exactly. This no, weekend. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Memorial Day is when like, the pools opened. Oh, yeah. Think about that for a second if you yep. live and if you're born and bred in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. The pools opened now. Mm-hmm. For the first time. Know, exactly. And they were freezing. People here have pools regardless. I know. See, and and I didn't play baseball that much, but there's something also about spring, and I'm sure you can relate to this as well, Brent, where the snow starts to thaw yeah. a little bit. You snow know, the grass. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's some things that people can't experience down it, here. It really can't. It's, it's hard to describe it. It is. But you almost have to smell it and live it. And uh, I also have an, a ball and idea since we're on the topic right now. It could be the flex of the day, if you will. Um, you inspired me here brent a way of I good, plan on doing that. Uh, a way of good free promotion what we could do me and you i say we give a speech at a graduation oh commencement a commencement speech what do you think about we that probably have to start off in like the eighth grade world well yeah let's let's yeah let's start you have to walk before you can run right yeah so but i say we uh we request an eighth grade commencement speech um you're giving the speech I'm the hype man, so uh-huh. like every once in a while, I'll be like, "Yeah, he's right, yeah, guys." Yeah. You know, and, and then, I can use you as the example. Exactly. Made it to the NFL. There we go. There and, we go. Yeah, I'll be rocking the ESPN 690. And if it doesn't work out, just go get your face punched in. I, absolutely. In a cage. Exactly. So <laughs> you're getting the speeches. I'm throwing out ESPN 690 footballs. We got something, Brent. <laughs> I like this. Hey, middle school, coming to a school near you. Who's signing us up? Somebody, let's go. Free, free ninety nine. Get it while the price is hot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyway, so I guess we'll probably get the Fallen real quick here. <laughs> uh, fallen. I got to go with the M-I-A-C. You know what that is, Brent? M-I-A-C. I got the first three. Do you really? I'll be impressed if you can come close nah, to this. I was just going to say, like, Martineau is Ooh. awesome something. Nah, close. <laughs> the, the Minnesota Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. They're a D3 school um, featuring a school by the name of St. Thomas. Uh, St. Thomas is a powerhouse in not only football, uh, but pretty much every single sport. Well, I guess some people in that conference got their feelings hurt because St. Thomas has been banned starting in 2021 due to the fact, and uh, this is a quote here, the athletic competitive parity rule. Uh, they're basically so good that the conference kicked them out. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I. you know what? I, I think that's stupid. Thank you. At, the, at, at face value, it's dumb. Thank you. But I also think if you are that much better than all your competition, shouldn't you go kind of try to find something different? Try to get maybe D2 or something? Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's easier said than done, too. But you should at least explore. Minnesota. Yeah. You know, like Grand Valley State played in our our conference. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a solid football team. So Grand Valley State is like. The the Lakers, right? Yeah, the Lakers. Very good. Yeah, I got you. But I'm pretty sure Grand Valley State is like 35,000 people Mm -hmm. go there, 35,000 students. Sure. Ashland University, where I went, was like 2,500 kids. So yeah. the facilities, the this, the that, it's, it wasn't even on the same level. I'm not sure. Ashland did have a football team because the guy from the Bears plays for them, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so they're, we'll, no, they're we'll, pretty we'll good. Team decent. decent? Yeah, yeah, they're not bad. Not when I was in school, but now they are. They're okay. much better. Okay. And I'm not saying we can't compete with them. 
But, but I'm just saying it's totally different. And so I kind of wondered, like, hey, if you're that big a school, why? And they were winning a lot, like mm-hmm. in the early 2000s, especially. Oh, I they won like a, a national championship yeah. in football. They were pretty good in baseball. A lot of the sports. I and I said, it, yeah. well, why don't you go D1? Yeah. Like, why not? But at the same time, I could respect what they want to do. Why not be kings of D2? Yeah. You know what? Because you're never going to be kings of D1. Yeah. Never. Agreed. So. so I, I can see where they're coming from. Let me ask so you this question. Maybe that's where St. Thomas is coming from. You brought up a good point. Can you name any schools really that have gone from like D2 to a legit D1 or D1 AA? To- I'll, I'll give you one that's had a decent amount of success, and they were in our division okay. when we played. Okay. Um, Oakland. Ah. Oakland is... Uh, Bears, right? Uh, I don't think they're the Bears. I'll look it up. But Oakland's in Michigan. Yeah. And Oakland was a D2 school, and they made a pretty successful transition into D1, and they've been to the NCAA tournament a couple times in basketball. I don't know how good they've been in the other sports. I'm just saying you've heard their name nationally because of what they've done in the basketball conference. I think like a Northern Kentucky is now like that. Uh, Oakland Grizz. The Grizz. I was close. Yeah. <laughs> a Grizzly Bear, Brent. Give me some credit here. Come on, man. Fair enough. That's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, And by the way, there are countless examples, I'm sure. Listen. Uh, I mean, UNF in basketball went to the NCAA tournament. They were a Division II school. They transitioned and, to D1. And, and you but see I, what, I know yeah, what you're talking I'm, I'm about. Talking you're football. talking about, like, uh, that's a really good question. Let me think about it. Yeah. I mean, not really. You know, I don't know. Northern Alabama. Yeah, I'm sure people. I, I bet there are countless examples that are pretty good that have gone, like, bowling and stuff. Sure. But you're not talking about Power 5 schools that transition from D2 to, yeah. to D1. Yeah. Was Boise State ever D2? Ooh, good call. That we'll have to do some research on. I don't know. Sure. Maybe they were back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I'll have my Fallen. phone okay. when uh, we come back because we have to take a time out. And this will lead us into a quick little topic plus stay in your lane next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Oh, so much to get to. A fun show. Hope you're having a great day. Everybody in Jacksonville probably get a jump start on the holiday weekend, so that will be a lot of fun for you. Uh, 20 minutes to go here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Been a fun-filled show, but we got some fallen for me, and I want to get right to it. I'm going to say fallen is the Indianapolis 500. Okay. Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Drink the milk. By the way, Fallen is absolutely in like eighty degree weather, getting out what of a getting out of a race car where and having the milk a, come from. Having to drink milk. Where did the milk come from? Uh, Honestly, you know, I've looked up the story before, and to okay. be honest with you, now I can't. But I mean, there's always something to it. Gross. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, nah, no thanks. Uh, and and for those of you who say chocolate milk, that's even worse. I don't like chocolate milk. Uh, really? I hate chocolate. I don't really like chocolate. Oh. That's that's a bummer, man. Yeah. I'm okay. My kid eats <laughs> chocolate milk or drinks chocolate milk like by the gallon. All right, see, that's how I'm starting to like him again now. Yeah, we're starting to get back on board. He's definitely time. more likable than me. Okay. Um, Funny, I have to work with you. You probably don't like me very much after what I said earlier in the show. Yeah, I was a little rough, but uh, that's why I had to get him in balling. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, son, listen to the show. Check out that balling segment. I love you. <laughs> he does ask, what would you do for balling today? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, my fallen is 85. And, and the reason I say this, and maybe it's not, mm-hmm. but is it what it used to be? I mean, is uh, nothing's what it used to be. I get it. But is like Indy 500, honestly, in my opinion, is on my bucket list. If I had one, I don't really have a 
full-blown bucket list. Yeah. But I'd like to go to the Kentucky Derby, and I think I'd like to go to the Indy 500. It's mm-hmm. a big event. Yeah. I've heard the infield's awesome. I'm sure they'll, they'll be packed. So for the people there. But I just think in terms of the landscape of talking about it, I feel like it used to be bigger. And listen, a lot of racing stuff used to be bigger. Uh, but shouldn't the Indy 500 be maybe more special than we treat well, it right now? And, you know, I think that kind of goes in the racing category as well, because when I was growing up watching Indy 500 with my family, it was all about the Andretti's. You know, I mean, there was, there was household names. I honestly couldn't tell you, Brent, and I'm being 100% serious right now, I couldn't tell you the last five winners in Indianapolis 500. I, I really couldn't. Um, I think when Danica Patrick was in it, that was intriguing as well. Yeah. Um, that was definitely a game changer. But... And it's not just Indy 500, but I think it's just racing in general, you know, it's, um, which is weird because, you know, with NASCAR or what do you call it? You call it, uh, it's NASCAR, but yeah, like the sprint cup, sprint cup, yeah, or it's not sprint, it's monster energy. Yeah. Now, I mean, one could argue with that. I mean, is because they started to do more races on the West coast. It wasn't necessarily a Southern thing anymore. You know, it's kind of all over the spot now. So, um, from that perspective, I can kind of see a point. But from indie cars, I felt like they've kind of stayed true for the most part, you know. But once again, it's kind of out of my genre, out of my realm. But honestly, I don't know any big names anymore in IndyCar. Now, Formula One, that's different. But as far as indie cars, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's my fall. And, and yeah, I don't even know. Listen, I, maybe the, I'll watch the ratings this weekend and I'll try to get, <laughs> so I'll compare them. And yeah. maybe it's still pretty it, as prevalent as it was 10 years well, ago it just it, doesn't feel is it. it sad that i had no idea it was even going to be uh, this weekend i mean it makes sense it's Memorial day weekend but yeah. i i've heard well, nobody talk point. about it the, there's not a buzz i've heard a word at all like even the kentucky derby who people say isn't what it used to be i feel like has a buzz leading up to it a few days before mm-hmm. and i'm not sure this does and, and we're in jacksonville we're not in indianapolis i'm sure in indianapolis in the midwest it really does yeah but it, it's uh i don't feel it here is is my main point what you got stay in your lane yeah, so check this out. Uh, cruise control. Uh, hey, it's a big weekend for me, right? Going to Las Vegas, checking out Double or Nothing. Well, you know, and and, and we uh, we give a lot of compliments to Ollie Wrestling and the way they're doing business. And CM Punk was was courteous, and then you know, he's giving them some props as well. Well, this thing is really cool. Uh, Ollie Wrestling is teaming up with Culture City at Double or Nothing. And they're going to make it the very first sensory inclusive event. Um, basically, what that means is. The events that are catered towards people with trouble processing sensory information, um, sometimes with large events, there's noises that can bother people, strong smells, anything that, that can trigger a negative reaction. Also, people that uh, might have suffered from autism, PTSD, um, strong anxiety symptoms. Uh, the Culture City there is going to put on um, some displays and things like that, kind of have some things online where people can still watch the show and enjoy it. Um, which is really cool because, and this is Cody Rhodes' kind of big push here, and I think his wife, Brandy Rhodes, actually implemented this thing, but they're trying to get everybody involved. You know, whether it's having the very first transgender wrestler, wrestler uh, debut at Double or Nothing, or whether it's having, you know, the, the Culture City team up with them. I mean, they're making it so that everybody can enjoy wrestling, and I, I think that's a pretty cool thing. So, yeah. shout out to all Elite Wrestling and Culture City. I can't wait till you see that up close and personal this week and report back oh, on man. it. Goosebumps already. I, I don't know. Like, do you think seriously? One, one thought on it. Are we going to talk about this on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whenever the wrestling circles talk about it? The event Saturday. Yeah. And do you think this is going to be like slam dunk? Yes. Or do you think people are going to be like, oh, they, oh, they, they missed so, a chance, opportunity. Yeah. You know, one of so, listen, we just watched. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Everybody complained about it. You're right. We just watched American Idol. Everybody. everybody complained about it. Yeah, now you. But most people complain about it. Yeah. So when you build up something, 
This society on these social media platforms love to complain about stuff. No, that's true. So what are we going to talk about coming out of this weekend in Vegas? So here's the thing. So the whole reason, really, and you've listened to Tony Khan interviews on podcasts or whatever, which I've listened to a couple of them, um, you look at what they did with All In. So All In was the very first event. Now, it wasn't an All Elite Wrestling event quite yet, um, but it had had all the same people, basically. And what All In was, it was in in a suburb of Chicago. And what All In was, basically, was the Young Bucks just putting on a show, um, due to their YouTube channel and just word of mouth. And that got so big where the show sold out literally in five minutes. And All In was a giant success. And that's what kind of, I think, got Tony Khan's attention. So now let's fast forward. You know, a year later, we're going to Vegas. It's double or nothing. I mean, if you look at the landscape right now with what they have, I mean, you have the first time that Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho are wrestling in the States. They had an epic match back in Japan, and then they call it a five-star match. It's basically the match of the year. They had that in Japan. Well, now they're going to do it in the States. Okay, so there's a lot of things. And listen, I don't have the ins where I know all this, the spoilers or anything like that, like a TV show. But from what you hear online, what you read on, on the boards and everything like I've been reading, there's going to be some big surprises at this All Elite Wrestling thing. So I think it's something that you're going to be talking about. It's going to be trending on Twitter. I think people are all in on it, no pun intended, because you look at the WWE as well, and I'm not being biased here. I'm telling it like I see it. The WWE is falling. Okay, it it is not doing well right now. People are not happy with the product. So opportunity knocks. Opportunity at the most vital time. After a pay-per-view of Money in the Bank for WWE, that, by all standards, fell flat. And now enter double or nothing in Las Vegas. They have every opportunity to seize the moment. And I honestly think they're going to do it. All right. Pump your brakes. What you got? Pump your brakes. So Tampa Bay Buccaneers, listen, I'm a huge Bruce Arians guy. I think he's a great coach. You know, I got a lot of respect for him. And I don't know if this is his call or not. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers released Gerald McCoy, where if you watched Hard Knocks, if you've been following the Tampa Bay Bucks at all, you know that number one, the best player probably on that defense. Number two, by far the biggest leader on that defense, and he gets let go. He was a staple for a long time on that team, ever since I we were drafted together, right, 2010. Okay, maybe there's some kind of contract negotiations. Maybe they had a cut for the Sailor Cup, whatever. Still kind of weird to see Gerald McCoy go. Okay, let's, let's fast forward now to today. And Dominican Sue signs a one-year deal. And if you kind of add it out, if you put up all the numbers and everything, they basically save $3 million to have Sue on the team for the year as opposed to McCoy. doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make a lot of sense, especially with that guy being such a, a key part. Now, yeah. what I don't know, and I, I don't watch Tampa play enough, so and I don't know where McCoy is. Has his skill set? Is no. it starting to erode? Well, the, Are they starting to catch that? Like The Patriots would do something like this, but they yeah. probably wouldn't sign a $9 million guy. You know, I mean, listen, you just think about reputation wise. You just traded McCoy, who is like Mother Teresa of football people. Mm-hmm. And you just got Indomitian Sue, who from a reputation standpoint is like the devil in football. Well, I'm not going to talk about that. No, I hear you. I mean, there's a polarizing opposites there on how they are. Well, and, li- and listen, I got nothing but love for Ndamukong Sue. You know, he's my former teammate in Detroit. We talked to him at the Super Bowl a little bit. He, he's a great guy, man, and, and and I'm a fan of his. Don't get me wrong. It's just it's weird to me, though, that if you look at it in terms of production, and yes, injuries can play um, a factor sometimes as well, but you, you look at Sue where 
I think yes, he he did flourish when he had to um, in St. You know, I'm in St. Louis in Los Angeles with the Rams. But mm-hmm. let's be honest though, let's look at who you had lining up next to you. I mean, I could Brent, you could line up right next to Aaron Donald. You probably have five sacks in the season. Five. You're you're a five sack man next to Aaron Donald. And I that, promise you. And that see that Brent Cash money thing is yeah, going somewhere. Right, now we're looking good, right? <laughs> but that's just kind of my point though. Where and I'm not knocking Sue's skills by any means. Now he's definitely um on on the back nine of his career, right? But. Just to save $3 million, unless I'm not seeing something here with the negotiations or whatever's happening, but to save $3 million to go from McCoy to Sue, and now you see where McCoy might be going. You see where he's visiting next. Cleveland. All aboard the Cleveland hype train. Yeah, I guess so. And then well, I, I can see that, but also, I mean, is Jacksonville ruled out? You know, Kyle Rudolph's go. it looks like a five-year extension they're working on. I don't know if that's happened yet, but Minnesota now looks like they're working on a five-year deal for him. Which, so Kyle Rudolph gets off the tape. Well, because and, they can restru- They can probably save money up front. But I was going to ask you, that. are you kind of surprised, though, they get Irv Smith? And now they're going to resign. I mean, uh, it's a tight end heavy league. I mean, it why is. not? You know, yeah. I think they like Kyle Rudolph. I think that was a cap casualty rumor mm-hmm. or possibility. And if they save money, maybe if they restructure this thing by adding money to it, give them a deal. Now you might only charge four million for this year, and you're getting your same money, but it spreads it out. All that kind of math. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't. I mean, we could go back, and maybe next week we're going back to the Jaguars and McCoy situation, you know. And we're saying, well, now Rudolph, you don't have to save any money for. Mm-hmm. What about that Telvin Smith money? But I, I just don't think all that stuff works itself out in time, where McCoy probably be scooped up by somebody else. And obviously, Cleveland has enough money, as it looks like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but to mean, me, your example right there, and I think it's a, it's an interest. To me, it doesn't add up. It's like, would this organization right now, even though they need to save a little money, mm-hmm. would they be smart? To get rid of well, Calais Campbell for fifteen million and bring in some guy for twelve million. See, and, and Does that make any and sense? Here's the thing that drives me crazy, and it could be the narrative. I'm not positive, but one of my biggest pet peeves in the NFL is when a new team comes, uh, when a new, um, when upper management comes in, a brand new upper management. So Bruce Arians, his first year going to Tampa, and they try to change things in their image. For instance, now, like I said, I don't know what's up with Gerald McCoy. I mean, from what I was, what I see on film, the guy can still ball. So why he's not there anymore, I have no idea. But one thing could be, well, maybe he doesn't fit our culture. Maybe he doesn't fit our style. And I absolutely hate that because I understand you have to get rid of guys that don't fit your style and your mold, but you have to understand McCoy leaving that locker room, I mean, yes, McCoy is valuable on the field, but McCoy in that locker room is even more valuable. So you got to look at yourself and say, if I'm trying to establish this new culture in my way of playing, you got to remember, you can do that, but you got to keep guys out of the bridge. you got to keep guys out of the leaders in that locker room because if you get rid of those guys, it's like the Jacksonville Jaguars with Gus Bradley. You know, it just it doesn't work out. You, you, you. There is something there. There is someone thinking in their organization that the skills are eroding for Gerald McCoy. It has to be. I, I think it's as simple but then, as that. Yeah, it, and the only thing that bothers me, though, Brandon, is then how do you justify bringing Sue in? Yeah, I mean, it's still $4 million cheaper. I mean, yeah. that's an expense. those are expensive guys now. Uh-huh. And so you, it's, maybe you can, at least for this year, supplant that kind of production, that kind of talent level. The guy's talented. Yeah. Sue is. For, so, for a little cheaper. For a little bit cheaper, and maybe you still feel like he's got more left in the tank than McCoy. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. I mean, that's not a position eight years in that you, you lose everything. Yeah. Are we done? We're out, man. It's been a, it, man. a fast show. Wow, we're done. Uh, Can I have your number if I, if I get bailed out of jail uh, yeah, in Vegas? Have fun in Vegas. Thank you. Some news of the day. Josh Allen did not practice because of a right knee contusion. He's fine, but he just didn't practice. Probably won't practice tomorrow. Uh, Josh Allen does sign his rookie contract. Uh, John Filippo talked highly of Nick Foles. We'll play more of that tomorrow. Also talked highly of Leonard Fournette and said they have to lean on Leonard Fournette. 
uh, this year if they're going to be any good. Uh, UNF Ospreys win in baseball. Creekside softball advances to a state title game. Oakleaf is losing. Ridgeview is losing. So uh, a lot going on in the high school ranks as well. Make sure you check all the coverage out on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Thanks to CM Punk for stopping by. Interviews with Avery Jones and D.D. Westbrook. Have fun, man. Will do, man. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Be safe. I'll try. You'll call in from Vegas. Thanks, Scott. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.